Sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the Geek Nation, you're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast live stream, aka Spoiler Alert. Spoiler Alert! 755, where we will review the past week's comics as well as talk about some fun pop culture topics for your listening and viewing pleasure. Uh, I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, <coughs> Super Rad Shop which caters to nerdy and nerd-adjacent individuals of all shapes and sizes, except jerks. Nerd jerks like that. This is the part in the script where Noel writes anything, and I will it out loud. First hot take, all caps. Hot dogs and tacos are not sandwiches, despite both sharing definitive traits of the sandwich. Second hot take, all caps, exclamation point, Nightmare Before Christmas is more of a Christmas movie than a Halloween one. Fight me. Don't fight me. Fight Noel for writing that. Joining what if we agree Senate. with it? Like, if we agree yeah. with that statement, Noel, do you want to be uh, fought? No, I think that Not those bad. are two different statements. Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie bef- more than a Halloween one. Uh, also, no matter how you respond to the previous right. sentence, fight me. Hot take number three. Yeah. Fight no. Fight me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, uh, for, for what it's worth, I think the the live hit at the wrong time, so we didn't completely get your whole intro. But Uh-oh. people are here. I, I heard it though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. No one else is. No <laughs> one's listening. No. And listen, Brian <laughs> Lieb. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I wonder when on that Lieb, hot dog what, thing. But yes, Brian Lee. What was your favorite part of your least favorite comic book read this week? My favorite part of my least favorite comic book read this week is one that we uh, decided not to talk about. Uh, something with the word Arkham in the title. I forget what the title was. Arkham City. World Attack City Cityscape. I don't know. Uh, Arkham Cityscape. It. Uh, it. Well, what was my favorite part of it? Uh, yeah. The art Positive. was. While not great for me in a sequential comic art form, the art itself had some interesting qualities if it was just an individual image. Mm. Yeah. Glenn, the Bat Tribble, what is your least favorite part of your most favorite comic read this week? Oh, okay. Let me look at... What the hell we read? Um, my, this is your favorite one that you're having trouble remembering. Yeah, Excellent. your favorite yeah. read, <laughs> least favorite part. <laughs> if, if that's not a clue to what we're in, Whoa, it's a it's all, up, all uphill. Uh, all yeah, uphill. yeah. Um, I'm king. So th- my favorite part, right? Or no, my least, no, favorite, your least part favorite part of your yeah. favorite read. 
Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. All right. My my least favorite part of my favorite read was the cover of the book. Should I say what the my favorite read was? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, I think honestly and unbelievably, my favorite read from this week was Dark Ages, um, but the cover did nothing for me. Okay. We're, no, I, I, I agree with that sentiment. I, so far, I've disliked like, all of the covers of Dark Ages. Mm. Yeah. Uh, can I? No, I totally agree with you on the hot dog thing, and I think there's a lot of points in favor, but I just want to raise one, right? If you ate a hot dog and you turned <clears throat> it to the side like you would a sandwich, right? Like you would eat a sandwich with the bread on the top and the bottom. That's the wrong way to eat a hot dog, right? Like nobody's eating a hot dog that way. It's instinctually it's, yeah, not it's how you same, eat a hot dog. It's the same as like, I eat it like. You, I mean, I eat it like a corn on the cob. Like a corn on the cob. That is yeah, not how the, you eat a hot dog. What's the core? <laughs> like, what are you eating towards? Just your fingers? Like, like there's no. Yeah. At least a corn on the cob has a uh, a core, a center you that you can't yeah. get through. Yeah. Also, so, if the bread comes apart. Get, oh, I was just eat the bread of the hot dog and like throw the hot dog away. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to but eat you have the to meat tube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the meat tube was the core. <laughs> Why would you want to eat that? I'm, I just lick all the relish and mustard off yeah. of the meat core. Yeah. What are you going to put it on a spoon or something? No, you need a meat core. Terry Leahy says there's no wrong way to eat a hot dog unless it's cold. That shit's gross. He's correct. <laughs> you know, I agree. You, whoever wants to eat a hot dog any way you want, go for it. As long <laughs> as it's only a hot dog. This. That yeah. shit's gross. Yeah. yeah. It's it's dog. Now, what's the best way to make a hot dog? Is the best way to make a hot oh, dog? I got this. Boiled or grilled? Or Boiled. grilled? Grilled. Yeah. Well, I got this. I actually have this. Um, the answer is both. You boil Boiled. it and grill it? No, I mean, like, they're oh. both the best way to have a hot dog. Boiled if it's from an explicit vendor and it is an all beef with the skin still on it, so it snaps. Mm-hmm. Those are delicious. Here's your I fucking hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> they, the, they are crafted and created to make hot dogs perfectly. So, right, right, right. Yeah. But if you're doing it at home, grill 100% okay. because yeah, there's yeah. no way to, to correctly recreate. To, to recreate that. Yeah, absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah, there's something about the juices that 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 infuses itself in the water of a vendor that is like, you know, one of them carts that you just can't replicate in a pot on your stove. I also really like the the roly boys that you get at like the Seven oh, like Eleven. Yeah. I, I consider that grill. That's grill. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. it's just it's just a rolling grill. It's not. It doesn't have the charcoal snap to it, but yeah, it's still, see, it's grilled. It, it ain't got the charcoal sword, so I can't. I can't fuck with those. Now, one also time. joining <laughs> us is Noel. Say hello, dummy. Hey, dummy. Anyway, hey, thank you to everyone who's joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. If you like what we're doing here, and I can't imagine that you do, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. The joy, the unadulterated cumitude. Of doing this is uh, you guys in the chat hanging out. So pipe up if you feel so inclined, and we may comment live during the show. Uh, with that out of the way, mine was a little feel, adulterated. <laughs> I feel I like should tell you we've got what letters. Come, what the fuck is coming to? That's what I want to know. I think it's what it sounds like. That's what I. That's what I think. Wait, we have letters. We have letters. 
Oh, we, we have got lots one and, and one and, and two and three of letters. letters. Uh, all right, letters. here's one. We have letters from. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm back. <laughs> uh, why the last man? Actually, it says why why the last man. Mm. It took them ten years to come up with this. It's been a few years since I've read why, and I purposely avoided rereading it so I wouldn't constantly be comparing the two mediums. But this show is just, just bad. Is there mm. one likable character on the show? Do we really need a ripped from the headline story for Beth? No spoilers if you haven't seen the episode, but honestly, I don't see the point. <laughs> Heels on Stars and Ted Lasso on iTunes have been much more satisfying. Hell, even Superman and Lois was great. Okay, so even who here by show of hands has watched Why the Last Man, at least the first three or four episodes? I saw the first one. Okay, so I'm the only one. Yeah. Uh, I watched the first four, and I love it. I oh. think it's great. I think it's a really good adaptation of the Brian K. Vaughn uh, series. Uh, I think it's really, really good. I don't know what the rip from the headlines thing is for Beth yet. Um, oh, I haven't seen her since episode one, so I'm not sure what's going on there. But I think this show is awesome. Me and Sushan, like, we're really excited about it. Uh, we were having trouble streaming because of my Roku or Fire Stick, whatever the hell the thing's called. And I actually went out and bought an Apple TV. Welcome. So that now, and now we're watching. Now it goes real fast. It's, it's, it's working really well. Um, because we, we're having trouble streaming that particular show. Question. Um, uh, now that you have an Apple TV, did they give you a free year of Apple TV Plus? I guess because now I've got Apple TV Plus. Use it and watch Ted Lasso. It's I mean, I will. Second se no, the second season is fantastic. Just I mean, the first season was fantastic. Done. Also, foundation. I'm just, I'm, I don't have to be I'm just saying it, conti it, continues, it continues to be fantastic. Uh, watch it so we can talk about it. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, and uh, what, what else does he say? Uh, Heels on stars never heard of. Ted Lasso yes, Amell, is, is great. Uh, Stephen Amell's show, After Arrow, he is a heel, which I believe in the wrestling the pro wrestling world is a bad guy. Right, right. Uh, and, and, it's a, and it's a show that's um, based about heels. Well, I think it's, it, it, it's centered on two heels, particularly in the wrestling world. Yeah, Does he have um, those sneakers with the, the, I, the wheelies? roller skates uh, that's, underneath? That's, that's actually the... Um, the those are heelies. And, uh, yeah, the, the, um, that's, that's what the after show is called. So they have Heelys. a live after show called Heelys. Zoom around. And, and all the interviews the have to go on while people are rolling around the room. <laughs> uh, I saw a guy with those once, right? Like in real life at, at the college I was attending at the time. And uh, yeah, but he asked me to. He was like, push me. And then super <laughs> fast. <laughs> no, I just can't imagine walking 85. around. He was, I think he had actually built these himself or they were like an earlier model because they had these two big wheels on either side. And I'm like, that looks cool, but also That's very like difficult to like strain your calves and then walk around if you want to, you know? So, yeah. Nope. Uh, we have another email. This Ooh. one is from Charles. Ah, Charles from Chattanooga. Where, where right? is he? Yeah. What's up? It's your boy, Charles, a.k.a. the Green Lantern Tribble, a.k.a. at Hal2814. Happy Monday night. This is a rant about Titans on HBO Max. Mm. I wasn't a big fan of the first two seasons of Titans, what with all the killing and cussing. I'm no prude, but it was a little much. The mm. third season started off good. 
Dick was acting more like the comic book version, actually smiling as he was beating up bad guys. We got to meet Barbara Gordon and my favorite Robin, Tim Drake. Then they had to mess it up. Dick started acting more like Batman slash Bruce, dressing all in black, and the way he would talk to people just barking orders. The last episode made no sense. We find Tim on a train in the afterlife on his way to the other place after he was shot, and Donna Troy, who died months before, is on the train. Why is she still on the train if she died long ago? Uh, wouldn't she already be at the other place? Then we see her body is on a table on Paradise Island. I don't know much about Amazon biology, but how... Isn't the body decomposing after laying on a table for months? Come on, son. Later, Donna and Tim are picked up in a muscle car by Hank, a.k.a. Hawk, who died after Donna, but somehow has the lay of the land and how things work in the afterworld. And she doesn't. Come on, son. We see Donna and Tim make it. Uh, it's a whole bunch. Bunch of spoilers, I should say. Um, uh, first off, Bruce won't kill himself because the Joker killed Robin, and he in turn killed the Joker, and Donna comes back to life, and that's the first place she goes just to time to save him? Come on, son! By the way, Len, what's up with the Black Tribbles? I missed y'all on Thursday nights. I'm out of here. Spoiler alert! Well, now I don't have to watch Titans. Thank you. Uh, you didn't have to before either. So Man, it's validation of my life. Yeah. Validation. Further validation of my life choices is always welcome. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I gave up on Titans. Well, I will say this. He's right. The first two seasons were not that great. And I really wasn't. I was ready to give up on it. But then I had an epiphany. Ooh. And the epiphany was that. I had to reconcile with myself that this Titans show on HBO Max is not my Titans. It's not supposed to be my Titans. They're supposed to be totally different. They're not supposed to be your Titans. They're supposed to be HBO Max's Titans, which is basically a R-rated CW DC, yeah. DC show. That's exactly uh, it. It is, is that, and that's exactly what it is. So with that being said, that's not my Dick Grayson. It certainly is not my Batman. And while some of the casting I do appreciate, like Anna Diop as Starfire, I appreciate her. The actress who I, I, whose name I do not know, who they uh, cast as Donna Troy, I enjoy, enjoy her and actually was actually delighted to see her come back um, in this this episode, which... The points that he makes are a little puzzling, but it's the afterlife. So who am I to impose my thoughts yeah. of how the afterlife is supposed to go upon mm -hmm. their depiction of the afterlife? Mm -hmm. So knowing that and, you know, what they're doing with the whole Red Hood and Scarecrow, that story makes, you know, totally is not the Red Hood story that, you know, from the comics, which which I appreciate because otherwise you you would know all the beats. Um this Batman is not my Batman. This is some guy who needed a job after Game of Thrones and said, sure, I'm going to take this HBO money and show up on Titans. I, At no probably, point do you believe that this actor has ever put on a Batman costume or fought a criminal? <laughs> and, and, and none at all. It, with, and that's not the actor's fault. The actor is a good actor. Yeah. He's just totally miscast. But this is not my Batman. 
So now, because of the blonde hair, could this be the older version of the Adam West Batman? No. <laughs> I, 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 it's just so many reasons to not bother. Like I, I, I kind of came to that realization that it's really not Mike Titans in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was reason for me to just stop, though. Hmm. Like I, I wasn't enjoying what it was. Right. Not my relationship to it. Does that make sense? Like, no, I hear you. Nothing to do with. Yeah, I, I just I. And I would and I would totally give up right now, except my best friend Calvin watches it. And so it gives us one thing that, you know, many things, <laughs> but one thing we could talk about and more more to my delight, I can hear have him talk about and I can just bitch about bitch about Adam. <laughs> and we just have so, nice bitch senses at, at uh, uh, over some over some drinks. So that's absolutely perfect. That's exactly re- that's the exact reason why I continued to read um, Scott Snyder's Justice League because I was just having fun um, relaying it to JD and Ryan. Mm. And, they're, and both of them were like, that sounds great. Why is it sounding cool? That? It's like, it's so not good. though. You it's see, not see, in context. See, but here's yeah. the difference. The difference with that, no, is that you were reading Scott Snyder's Justice League, but we weren't, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, we weren't reviewing it for the show. So yeah. I have to imagine that you were paying for it. Oh, yeah. That's true. Titans. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, really not paying for Titans because I'm paying for yeah. HBO Max, which has a bunch of other stuff that I, I like. Yeah. If, if, if HBO Max, if, if Titans was on Peacock, I would never watch budget. Titans. <laughs> it gets your budget. It gets it. It gets your money. Well, it got your money. Justice League got your money. By, Titans is not account. But by that account, I pay for HBO Max too. I am paying for you to enjoy uh, Titans, just like you're paying for me to enjoy. I don't know some some other shit that I watch on HBO Max. Well, I'm just letting you know, I wouldn't have paid for you to enjoy Justice League. To enjoy uh, Titans, just like, shut up. Uh, what sorry, you, <laughs> he's. Just, I, <laughs> JD's not even listening to us. He's over there messing around with audio and stuff like that. He's all free because he doesn't have Kai now. Uh, you know, he's, remind, he's, reminders, uh, if you want to, uh, to read a letter on the show, uh, be sure to email us at coldpopco at gmail.com. Yeah. What Noel said. He's got it. Uh, comics Block. It's time for that part of the show where we talk about the Comics Block. The first one's a uh, Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number one, from Image Comics, written by Rick Remender. Remender? Remender. I always said Remender, but I never Yeah, it's, you would. It's Remender. I did. Uh, you're right. A- Do you Remender? <laughs> Do you Remender? Do you remember? <laughs> uh, by Rick Remender and art by Andre Lima Arajo. Sure. When an unassuming man stumbles upon a dark web contract assassin's vicious plot to kill an innocent target, he turns himself into one. Wait, wait, hold on. When an unassuming man stumbles upon a dark web contract assassin's vicious plot to kill an innocent target, he turns himself into one being a dark web contract assassin. Yep, or an innocent target. (laughs) Or an innocent target. The professional (laughs) meets road to perdition in this story of a family's unlikely guardian being hunted by rich and powerful men who are used to getting away with everything. Um, uh, Just just from the cover of this months ago when I first saw the solicitation, I was like, oh, I'm going to read that. That looks cool. Um, What was it about the cover? I like the the layout. Mm -hmm. I I was like, I know that actor. 
He looked like a familiar actor. Now, is that I, Wong? It looks like the guy that plays Wong. Yeah. It does look like Benedict Wong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was just, you know, I was just like, oh, this looks different than some of the Rick Remender stuff that I've read before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just looked interesting to me. So I was, I was excited to check this out. Um, I'm going to bring it up. Here we go. Remind me in 14 days, alarm. Uh, share. Share screen. Here we go. <laughs> Nailing it. You, 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 you knocked Noel out. <laughs> did I? He's not no, good. he did that to himself. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe you say so. <laughs> you know, buying it. Oh, I know oh, you. He's, the button. See, he's doing it to himself. And no, he, he did that to himself. I did not do that to him. He made it. Uh, all right, righteous ver- he said he made righteous choice for vengeance. <laughs> he, What's made choice. he said he made his choices. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, he's crazy. <laughs> I like the book. What'd you guys think? I liked it too. Tell me um, more, Brian. I will. I will. And about this book, to boot. Ah. Um, I thought it was. It was cool. It's certainly not the kind of thing that I would gravitate to on my own, but I had a similar feeling when I saw the cover. I was like, there's a cleanliness and a sort of 70s movie and indie kind of feel to the cover that I liked. Um, And it's very, it's very easy to read. It's very like, there's no, there's, there's no words it's super easy to read because there's only a few words in the whole thing and it, it barely took me any time at all and that's how i judge what a good guy is <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i i really like the art the art has you know it, it reminds me a little bit of mobius or maybe mm. uh the line work is a little frank quietly um, yeah. Not necessarily the structures of things like facial structures, but um, I enjoyed that. And for a, a comic that has nothing out of this world happening, it uh, was still something that I enjoyed reading. And the guy is this like sympathetic guy. He's always oh, the, the wrong thing happens to him at every turn. And mm-hmm. he still kind of is good. He's like shoulder, you know, he, he soldiers on and uh, tries to, Tries to just still be nice and do good things, and then he, he kills a pigeon. A, <laughs> he did kill that pigeon. Yeah, but no, put it out of its was, misery. Yeah, that he was did not like kill he, a pigeon. Yeah, he released a pigeon. Oh, oh. <laughs> this mortal coil. Yeah. <laughs> and it, there was an interesting uh, philosophical discussion there too, because he happens upon a young guy who is having that same quandary, and he's like. Should I like the pigeon is injured? He's like, should I should I kill it? What if it would be better to let it just fade away? And what if mm-hmm. I do it wrong and whatever? Mm-hmm. And so he's decides not to do it. And then this guy he's about to not take action, and then he does, and he and he kills the pigeon. And uh, whatever we think about the rightness of that, he thinks it's the right thing to do. And then he stumbles upon this uh, this murder scene, which he may or may not have been set up for. And uh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about what would happen next. It was such a, a light, like a pleasantly light read through this. It, it just moved through it, you know? Um, do I, okay. One thing that bothered me was people just unsolicited being like, you should get an umbrella. 
Do people do that in real life? Like, do you see someone in the rain without an umbrella and be like, you should get an umbrella? I'm going to do that from now on. Just, <laughs> I think just give so out you'll really be happy helpful advice. Yeah. 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 Be like, oh, you know um, what? I should. <laughs> and do you guys, does it bother you that you don't know why he's looking for Mary Sullivan? Like, why he goes to this house? Not yeah. yet. I okay. figured that's where he was going. Like, that's yeah. where he was, like, he knows her or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't bother me. I mean, it, it figured like it's it's one step, but like this is a book that is for a lot of it is all it's set up, but it also is like uh, B said, it's you know a bit of character building as well. You know, yeah. getting you an idea of who this character is, why he wears the face that he does throughout the the comic. Um, I feel you on the Frank Quietly thing. I think with yeah. Frank Quietly. The difference is that Frank Quitely would have told this story in less panels than this guy, and uh, that, yeah. that's that's neither right nor wrong. Um, I feel like this was Remender trying to do like a Korean action type of movie. That's the vibe that I was getting getting from it, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I just there's a, a little bit of a appropriation of of their storytelling um, techniques that I. Yeah. was rubbing me the wrong way a little bit but overall i have to say that i was pleasantly engaged by the comic book and i thought it was it was pretty cool again i hate to be the, the you know sound the alarm and say this all the time but it's a book that i feel like would read so much better in a trade but it was but or or this this issue felt like a really great preview issue for the trade a righteous thirst for vengeance, but it's dope. I'm not, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I do think that it ended well as an ish single issue though. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, it but, did. It did. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree with that too. Like it, this, this obviously like it left you wanting more, but it didn't feel just arbitrarily cut off. Like some mm-hmm. stories that are better suited for trade does like it, it, it was a full three act kind of, short play mm. that ends on a cliffhanger um yeah. i was uh, going back to what jd said about like just seeing the cover just seeing the cover for me i when when i was <coughs> in college we were me like in my film classes we were all obsessed with uh south korean thrillers mm. yeah because it was it was um everything from park chan wook yeah. it was uh uh, sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, um, yeah. Old Boy, Lady Vengeance, um, mm-hmm. The Maiden, like all of these very um, intricate, well-paced, sparse yeah. movies yep. that were disturbing in how almost confident and and meticulous they were. Mm-hmm. And this is what this is an excellent replication of that. Sparse Would you say that this is like his his attempt to um to mimic the the Vengeance trilogy? I think it's his attempt to, in there. I think it's his attempt mm. to mimic or at least homage the the genre. Yeah, because yeah. it is a sub 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 genre mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah that um uh you know I I mean is it popular? I it's very hard for me to tell what's popular outside of my little. It's popular. You know, reality. It's popular. Like to to movie yeah. to movie buffs like, is very popular. Yeah. To movie buffs, right? But you right. would like like you know homaging this genre to movie buffs, sure. But you're not going to see it at the bin at Walmart. 
No, you know? no like it's right. not. I'm not familiar with it. Why? Uh, for one thing, you never heard about the North Korean. Uh, I mean, Kevin, Kevin commented, you never hear about different. the North Korean thrillers. <laughs> <laughs> no, you it's just watch good. the news. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my one of my one of the things when I first. OK, so the, I was going through previews. I was ordering for my store and I saw the cover and I went, oh, I'm immediately ordering this. Just the cover alone. Hmm. I went, this looks interesting. I'm going to get at least one copy. And then after after that thought, I saw Rick Remender and I went. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. That's not the name I expected to see attached to this particular cover. And I wonder where the line is drawn. You know, there's a lot of conversations happening today um, in the last several years about, uh, I think Len had mentioned appropriation, um, writing characters, uh, you know, POC or um, other, I guess, gender sexualities that you aren't as a writer. And I, I'm always curious to see what's going to get a pass and what isn't going to get a pass. And what is I'm never quite sure what that's based on. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there would be an outrage if a white guy was writing, um, I'm assuming, Korean character. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there aren't. And I'm never quite I'm always a little I'm like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go. You know, Could be brave sort of I, also. I was, I was going to say I, I have a. a without knowing where the rest of the story is going to go or what issue two through eight are going to be thus far it's placed in Vancouver. Right. And nothing about this character or the story itself has nothing to do with the character's culture. Race. Right. Or its Race. culture. Yeah. Right. So as of right now, it is or just gender. a person or gender even. Yeah. Yeah. As of right now, it is just a person of a, a person that happens to be a person of color in this predicament. Now, mm-hmm. if he was telling a very explicitly um, cult- uh, culturally specific and or um, uh, a hardship or an experience that is ex- explicitly that of someone that's Korean or of Asian descent or of, of color, then, yeah, I think it's kind of problematic. Whereas as of right now, it just happens to be an Asi- a man of Asian descent in Vancouver. Yeah. Right. Like it's. Like there's the weird line yeah. and then it could be crossed at any moment. Yeah. and But even then, like if he goes someplace culturally with the character, but there is a sense that he is trying to be respectful in how mm-hmm. he's doing it and, or in it, then, you know, I don't necessarily have a pro a problem with it. Um, I, I brought it up mostly because it is so far afield from, like you said, JD, his norm. His, his, his norm. So I was like, mm, okay, so where, where's he going? Where's he going here? But, you know, you, you I, I'm interested enough to see where it go, where he goes with it. I don't have a problem. Like I, bump up against sometimes when the idea is that, you know, if it's a, if it's a black character, there's gotta be a black writer, a black director, yada, yada, yada. I think if you can, if you can write a story, you can write a story, write a story. Um, I think if you, as long as you are respectful in how you're presenting the, whatever characters you're drawing, um, then I think that is where the, the difference lies because their history is littered 
with stories where there was no respect given to um, the characters uh, if they were people outside of the writer's uh, culture. So I'm, I'm fine. And I trust Remender, you know, I mentioned it because it's so far afield, but I trust him because I, I, of what I like of his work that he's going to do something that that this is going to be in good hands. So isn't, Oh, there's also there's all I'm, maybe I'm off base, but it, it, there's also a facet of uh, cultural appropriation and entertainment. There's a facet of it too that is, you've taken, you've appropriated someone else's story and or work that should have gone to someone else based off your privilege. So yes. him being as well established as he is in just this medium. Mm-hmm. Is that worse or better? So is it is it more forgiving because he's already established he's not taking work or stories from someone else? Yeah. Well, I don't or think is he it, is. Yeah. That, that's what, right. I'm, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, it's almost because he's so well established, it's a little it's okay. more of a pass because he's not taking someone's story. Well, right. It's like not taking somebody else's shot. Yeah. I, I think, and that would especially apply if it was like, the publisher said, we want to write a story with an Asian protagonist. Let's find somebody to do so. And Rick Remender was the guy that was chosen. Whereas this is just a story that Rick Remender, presumably, or he and the artist came up with and are telling that story, which is another point too. We don't know who chose to uh, depict these people in different ways. Now, I would also assume like you guys did that uh, this imagery was in Remender's head as the writer, as he was creating the story, but um, similar to like a casting list that says mm-hmm. ethnicity unimportant, you know, who mm-hmm. yeah. maybe that person would be chosen, which is an admirable thing to have in a, in a cast story. Um, who knows? The, the artist could have been like, Oh, you know what I think would be good is I was just yeah, about sure. to say, who knows? Yeah. The artist could have sure. just said, you know, this I want to do, especially considering, you know, how uh, the resemblance to Benedict Wong, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the character has. So who knows? It could have been the art, the, the artist's choice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, regardless, this was like a, a very, it was a delightful read. It was breezy, but it was it, like the, the panel layout and the art is so um, well paced and articulate that it, it almost, it didn't need dialogue, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to watch it uh, in two years when it Long shows Netflix, up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Netflix. Netflix Wherever original. I, yeah, he yeah. Does not, Rick Remender has an t- absolutely terrible uh, track record when it comes to adaptations of his work. God awful. What, what, what work has uh, been... The, so far that has actually made it to screen is The Last Days of American Crime, which was one of the worst things I saw last oh, year. Oh, wow. I forgot, I forgot that even existed. Deadly Class. So awful. Deadly oh, Class. Deadly a class? very well-received TV show that went nowhere past season one because no one watched it, even though like critics were all about it. Um, he has been trying to get a fear agent off the ground for over a decade. I'm surprised Fear Agent uh, well, hasn't made it. it. The last, the last bit of news was that the, 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 you know, it would be expensive. Um, Seth, Seth Rogen, oh, his no. production company, because well, they just did Invincible. That's his production company. Oh, right, so, right. oh, that's right. That's like the next bit of it. But uh, and then he's doing um, 
And Preacher writing. wasn't bad. Was that, yeah, apparently it got better. Two and three. It got better. Two and three were good. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think uh, he's writing the Tokyo Ghost script for. Oh, nice. You know, Kerry it might be Fuken- funny. Kerry Fukunawa. If he actually knows Benedict Wong. Yeah. Right. You like, hey, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you in this. Maybe we can get it made into a movie or a show or something. Yeah. You know, it's a fun book. Uh, let's move on to. I'll tell you what. Amazing Spider-Man number 75, Marvel Comics. Re- Zeb Wells is the writer. Patrick Gleason is the artist. Amazing Spider-Man is back to thrice monthly because this story is pure jet fuel. Ben Riley has returned to New York City and has fully taken back the mantle of the Spider-Man. But what does it mean for Peter Parker? The greatest team of web writers has come together with the most epic arachnid artist ever assembled to bring you a spider story that will shake up Spider-Man's 59th years in ways you cannot predict, brah. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I was so annoying about that because this is the most annoying um, piece of text I've read all week. This, this, this uh, thing that, (laughs) yeah, the thing that the diamond solicitation or the Marvel solicitation, I should say, get the fuck out of here. Anyway, um, we are hot on the heels of uh, a really, in my opinion, terrible wrap up of the amazing Spider-Man by Nick Spencer. I think it started off really strong and boy, did they shit my bed at the end. Um, they shit the bed, and that bed was mine, and I've been laying it ever since. It's very uncomfortable. That is um, your fault, really. That, I, mean, I should change ago. the sheets, to be right. honest. That was a week ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was very excited for I'm this issue, number 75. Because yeah. um, <laughs> I, I, despite... despite originally kind of growing weary as everyone did of the clone saga in the nineties and how they sort of just, uh, fucking just wouldn't stop the clone saga. Um, since then I have grown to appreciate Kane and Ben Riley. Yeah. Yeah. The two clones of Peter Parker, uh, just what they've done with those characters since the clone saga in the past 10, 15 years. So they've sort of wormed their way into my heart. And uh, so I was really excited. I was like, oh, Ben Riley's coming back. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm on board with this, especially since uh, this next Spencer thing is done. Not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I but thought this was they, fun. If they ever collect that Nick Spencer run in like two large editions, you're going to get I'll buy it. it. Yeah. I'll buy of course. It. Of course. Because um, I'm a spider guy. I mean, because he's a spotty guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Tomato, tomato. (laughs) I'm contractually obligated to buy all the Spider-Man stuff. Um, There's not a month has not gone by since I was probably. Twelve. Twelve. Oh, yeah, I guessed it. That I haven't bought like a Spider-Man comic book. But you don't you don't have all the collected editions of everything that comes out. Of course. No, no. Uh, I'm a poor person. (laughs) Um, any whomst, this was fun. Uh, I, 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 I think the, the back and forth between Peter and Ben is a little strange. I think Ben's, um, situation is a little strange considering where we last saw him, but I'm fine with it. Um, because I'm just curious to see where this is going. I think I had a much better experience with this issue than I did last week's issue. That being said, F you Marvel. 
for no, doing uh-huh. three Spider-Man, no. three amazing Spider-Mans a month. It's too much. Too and much. It, I mean, it's not Stop the only it. Spider-Man title either. You know, there's what? other Spider-Man titles yeah. that come out. Stop it with the three monthly and the weekly shit, man. At least, at least with last time they did that um, with Brand New Day, they canceled all the other Spider titles. Mm. Mm. There was no more web. There was no more uh, um, like spectacular. Like they, they Peter took Parker. the, yeah, they took they got rid of all of them, and it was just Amazing Spider Man. Mm. Yeah, this man, time you gotta knock it off. All bets are off. Even as the Spidey guy, it's too much Spidey. Mm. Um, so I, you guys, I don't think, I think maybe Noel tuned in and out of the Nick Spencer run. I don't think you other guys even bothered with most of it. Just for the show. How do you feel about this issue, um, with what they did to Peter and who's taken over the webs? Uh, so I did not have that feeling as many, many people did about the clone saga, I was into it, right? I was like, Scarlet Spider's cool. I like his blue sweatshirt costume. I like the other thing. Kane is a mysterious and cool figure, right? I was pretty young at the time. I'm a couple years younger than you, JD. So that uh, might have had something to do with it. And I don't know that I read every part, you know? Um, And I forget how I felt about him taking over as Spider-Man. I Maybe wasn't as into that, but whatever. Um, and I've always had a soft spot for the Scarlet Spider and and Kane and, and related people. Um, so I was I was into it, and especially now in in this time, I know that Ben Riley is not going to be Spider Man forever. This is not a permanent change. So yeah, let's see what's what. The new costume is cool. Uh, speaking of costumes, Peter at one point is distressed, so he wants to go clear his head, and he he climbs up to like the perfect spot to go web swinging and then puts his costume on. Yeah. Like, why, why would you do that? Like, I'm just going to go climb around in, yeah. in my underwear, I think, um, and carry this bag. What does he even do with the bag? I don't know. Um, well, he, he swims he the bag it. onto the wall. Yeah. He webs it. I mean, that's what he, that's Canon. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like, right. He's wearing so, his clothes though. He twists to it, be like, fair, Brian, yeah. Yeah, uh, his roommate Randy is rattling the. He's. It looks like he's about to come into his bedroom, and oh, so I that's... think I think before and, and he's like I, I should I should talk to Randy. He's just trying to reach out. He's trying to be a good friend. I yeah. will I will okay. uh, I will talk to him soon. I'm sure he needs me. Yeah. I will do that eventually. And then he escapes out the window in order to put on his costume because if he did it there, he might get caught. I thought that was his front door, but so that does make sense. No, the roommates. Yeah, yeah. I have a question. Um, so one of the things that bothered me about this issue, only one of the things, there's another thing that kind of bothered me, but one of the things that bothered me the most was that there is absolutely no dialogue, panel, image, mention, anything about their third roommate being killed two issues ago. Right. Boomerang got killed. Mm. He was the third roommate. And they mention it none, none whatsoever. It's just all about Harry, Harry clone dying. Yeah. And for some reason, I don't even like boomerang that much, but for some reason that, that ticks me off. Like boomerang was a Fred was literally a mainstay of the last 75 issues. Like if anything, he was a part of the a plot. And then it's just like, Oh, he's dead. We're we're good. I, I was, as somebody who hasn't read any of the other things, I saw this as like a, um, this is a brand new 
saying this is a new jumping on point. And I'm even a little annoyed that they he has a roommate and they didn't say anything, you know, like, yeah. uh, but I get the sense that Peter is not, you know, because especially because of the way the story ends and the solicits and all that stuff. Um, I think it will be mostly Ben Riley's story. He's not. Yeah, he's not long yeah. for this world. Um, the other thing well, he's not dying this time, which I think is cool, right? He's just like incapacitated for a while with radiation. Yeah, so give him radiation so poisoning for a while. He'll be maybe, fine. That's maybe how he he'll powers. be fine. Maybe he'll, he'll be fine. Powers. Well, that's just it. I was going to say maybe that he'll be fine next issue, and this radiation poison got rid of the other radiation or hey. some bullshit. Oh, um, that would suck. So I actually, for the most part, liked this, <laughs> but I didn't. When did Ben? become so fucking alpha like he's alpha? a real dick yeah he's a bit of a shithead to peter like are they have they always had a contentious relationship yeah a little bit yeah I, I, a little bit like, yeah i didn't they have much, the same like, memories you know it's one of the things i love about the clone saga is the beginning of it and the idea that i would i could wake up tomorrow have all of the memories of Jadel's up until tonight, mm-hmm. wake up tomorrow, live my life, and then tomorrow night be told, oh, you're a clone. All of your memories belong to a different Jadel's. You're barely a person. You're just a replica, but with all the same memories. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I like about the clone uh, and Ben is that he has everything up until the point where he's cloned. He's Peter Parker. He wakes yeah. up. He thinks he's Peter Parker. Um, and the only reason he knows he's not Peter Parker is because someone else told him he's not. And he doesn't right? get to live that life anymore. And he does. He gets. He swings home I, thinking that he uh, just fought his own clone and put him in the the stack. And he swings home to Mary Jane and sees that there's another Peter Parker kissing his girl. Yeah. So they've always had this sort of uh, mildly contentious, but they're both trying to be good people. They're both trying to be the the Peter Parker that Ben Parker wanted them to uh-huh. be. So, um, and I think at this point in Ben's evolution, having gone through all of the guilt and all of the things and all of the loss and mourning all of that, he gave up being Peter Parker. Um, he created a whole new identity when found an entirely new group of people to surround himself with. And I think now he's at the point where he's kind of like, you know what? I'm done. Like I've done, I've, I've mourned enough. I've sacrificed enough. When's it my time? And I think that's just him not being an alpha, but I think finally stepping up and being like, you know what? I'm not just a clone. I am a person uh, with his own thoughts and feelings and everything. And I deserve to be a person. And I'm going to go do that. Yeah, I, I get all that. But it's it's at the yeah. it's at the pretense of of supplanting this person who you were. Yeah. In Peter Parker. And it's just done through lawyers and shittiness it's just it, also it struck keep me in as, mind it struck me as uh alpha and just shitty keep in mind uh the one of the last times we saw mm-hmm. him he was the villain mm-hmm. in clone conspiracy um the jackal had murdered ben ben riley and brought him back with the memory of each murder hundreds of times and drove him insane and so far, so much so that Ben Riley became the jackal and was mm. the bad guy for the clone conspiracy. And now he's out from being the so, bad guy and trying to be a good guy. So are we starting? Are we starting this like stream of stories with the intention of him being an antihero, and then it'll just be redeemed, or 
filled out. Read. It, I mean, it could be the case. Could be. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't think we've got enough so far to, to pin that. What did you guys mm. think about the... So this is a, a very different take on Spider-Man from the normal take. Um, he has a he has a lot of resources, right, is the major thing. Like, his costume is high-tech. He's got a team of people. Definitely changes how Spider-Man is. It's not what I thought was going to happen, but on the other hand, um, it's not even necessarily what I would want most to happen. I got to do something different than just, he's got blonde hair. It's a little superior samey, is it it not? a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of that. Which is great. Superior was fantastic. Hmm. So I got you know what I guess I'm just apprehensively excited. I'm I still feel hmm. stung from yeah. before, yeah. and we'll see. And this is coming out so fucking rapidly. Word of mouth will be really fast. Hmm. <laughs> Len is entranced by this issue to the extent <laughs> that he has entered sort of a meditative state. <laughs> Not about sleep. It. Yeah, yeah. He's he is fully aware of everything. <laughs> oh, taking it all in. I'm taking it all in. I love the I love the art. The art is gorgeous. Oh, I mean, well, Patrick Leeson is one of the better artists in comic He's books right now. The arachnist artist around, I believe, this solicit said. Yeah, the solicit uh, tells us. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this, this panel that I had up for the longest time of Ben and Peter in the park. Look at mm-hmm. that panel. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big believer also that they should be drawn exactly the same. Yes. You know, but with two different hair colors. And I think yeah. he does a pretty good job. No, he does. They're, yeah, they're yeah. drawn, and you can tell it right there. And that panel, as gorgeous as that panel is, and, and Patrick Leeson's art is 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 stupendous. But that panel is also all about the coloring as well. So yes, it's colors. all about the shading of the, the leaves. Yeah. Right, Agreed. right. I mean, uh, look, I don't, you know, I don't give a fuck about Spider-Man. Um, this and this Ben Riley coming back and forth and JD when you just dipped into his whole history as you know maybe the jackal and all this stuff. It's like oh god, like I'm I'm done with with him. But you knew he was going to come back, so they brought him back. So it's all good. It's whatever. Um, I didn't feel like he was alpha <laughs> a little bit. I actually kind of. Um, I, I, you know, I wasn't asleep. I was just listening to them drawn on. Um, I was. Uh, you mean our scintillating conversation on the podcast about comic books that you're currently on? Well, yep. it, was, it was a conversation. Um, scintillating is your mileage yeah. may vary. Two out of um, three about comics, a conversation. <laughs> but <laughs> what I would like, I didn't read him as alpha. What I read him as a little bit of the the road not chosen because Peter Parker for you know maybe if Peter Parker would maybe um you know would would grow a pair he he could maybe get his ish together a little bit and be a little bit more benish so i didn't that, that didn't bother me so much i mean actually i went away from this comic book with peter just being coming off as such a mope it was like like how why is mary jane still with you like like that's what i i'm questioning her life choices that's what i'm doing you know what i mean like i'm sorry found out that his best friend who was brought back to life is dead again his roommate has been murdered, saving oh, his life. Okay, but no but but one, but, no but like no one pointed that. out he don't he don't seem to give a damn about his, his, his yeah, roommate also, that's been married. Where the fuck uh, is Gog? 
Yeah. Oh, where is Gog? Uh, He's in the other room. Right. And also, and also, uh, like, look, we all, there's nothing like the power of a good woman, but behind you. But Peter Parker's life has been so up and down. Like, I, I mean, Mary Jane, we'd be like, you know what, dog? Holla at me when you get your ish together for five straight years. I she knows that's like, not happening. She I knows mean, that's dude, not going to happen. Dude was <laughs> rich and now is back living with two two roommates. Like, get the hell out of here. Like, get, get I, the fuck out I, of here. That was one of my favorite lines in the whole book, though. He's just like, I was a terrible businessman. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, has to be, right? Like, why is he not wealthy? He's this is the Marvel Universe. He's a super scientist, basically. I do, I do appreciate so Kevin had mentioned y'all are selling the book for me, but three times a month is is it worth it? No. I will I will mention uh according to the back matter of this, um this whole three times a month, the beyond era is only gonna last for six months. Huh. So, so- that's, that's still- issues. I'm just saying it's only three times a month for six months, so it's it's just a rapid and then it'll go to story. four times a month, <laughs> and then it'll be daily. Maybe <laughs> your house with your want brain. Yeah, <laughs> here's why it's not worth it. It's not worth it because one, they didn't. I don't care what they're gonna try and sell you a bill of goods when they say it. They didn't start this off that long ago, as far as give, giving the creative um, team you know, enough lead time so that they can be consistent on this, which means that Patrick Leeson, as much as we love him oh, on his art, he's only is, doing two issues. Exactly. He's not yeah. drawing the whole thing. So this is going to be a book that's going to be looking up and down, up and down, up and down art wise. Right. So that is fucking annoying. Um, the also like it's eventually because this is three times, three times a week and they're going to want to kind of like space things out and they're going to want certain things to happen at certain times. It's going to be a whole lot of just spinning wheels, a whole lot in, in, in these comic books. It's going to be so effing annoying. I, I look, I'm a Batman guy, but I don't own everything Batman. I don't own it. Why? Because there's too many spinning wheels. There's too many times where we just get back on the same same um, hamster wheel and just keep keep rolling around. Uh, and and Superior Spider Man was great. Since then, it's been like the 75 issues of Nick Spencer drudgery, and now it's a return to member berries of the Clone War. I'll I'll see y'all next Christmas. Fuck you. <laughs> the, little, the little button was perfect. Fuck you. I, I will say, so they did this. They're doing this. Um, it's not supposed to be Patrick Leeson the whole time. It's it's supposed to. They're doing it like they did 52, where it's four writers and like four main artists. Oh, and then, it's four writers? Too. Oh, God. Yeah, it's Zeb Wells, uh, it's Clint like Ziegler. Day, which was very yeah, successful. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. So, like, Patrick Leeson is only doing, like, two sequential issues or two issues in a row. And then Sarah Pacelli picks up for him, who's also oh, fantastic cool. for, like, an yeah. issue or two. And so, like, they have a murderer's row lined up. That doesn't mean it's going to be consistent. That doesn't mean it's going to feel like a piece. But it's in regards to them putting the manpower towards it. Hmm. They're, they're going to try. It, it won't be it won't be like the promise of Ryan Otley monthly, but then it's a bi-monthly book and he only draws every fifth issue. Like it, it won't be that bad. 
Speaking of the art, you can see the web shooters here, which is not something that artists art on for Spider-Man usually do. You know, but I you can that. see like the exit mm -hmm. point for the web webs, which is pretty cool. There was four thousand covers for this book, and this one was my favorite. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Art Adams yeah, is going to be doing a lot of the covers. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. If you met, you know, if you found out you were a clone of yourself, um, I think it could be right. Like everybody wins, right? One guy gets to not be the clone, and the other guy gets to like have a whole fresh start on everything, right? They can just do I mean, whatever yeah, they like. I, yeah. I mean, if I was the other, uh, maybe I'd be upset that I didn't have my wife anymore. Yeah, well, I guess. Or, but, you or know, yeah, if I woke up tomorrow yeah, or and child, like, yeah. there was another JD yeah. hugging my baby and kissing my wife. Oh, you wouldn't be into that. Okay, um, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel fine. like I wouldn't feel so much freedom, so much no. as all right. Well, you got so much is taken away. I mean, or maybe you could enter into a three-way relationship with Ooh. right with the wife and the clone. Oh, I bet she'd no. like that. Actually, I think I would get along pretty well with my clone. I hope I that you think, guys would too. I, I, no, probably if there's not. one thing I know my wife would want more of, it's, it's me. You, the other, yeah. yes. <laughs> Boy, yeah, she's like, oh man, I, I sure, I sure wish I could have married two of you. <laughs> Yeah, it's like yeah. I sure I sure wish I could have had that conversation twice. I sure I sure wish there were two of you that don't pick up your socks. Man, but, but the same amount of socks total because he's not going to buy him in a whole bunch of new socks or anything. Hey, well, I honey, mean they're being used twice as fast. Though, well, that's so true. Now that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean those uh, those are not bad points. But don't worry, you're still a real person. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You're just not like you're not the other people. wrong, per se. Right. Uh, I mean, that's for your lives. Yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, you're still a real person. Don't worry about that. You're just not the kind of person that everyone else before you ever was. But I, it bothers me when people are like, yeah. oh, he's a clone. He's not a real person. Hey, he's a real person. Yeah. 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 No, he's not. Let's go. <laughs> DC Horror presents Soul Plumber number one from DC Comics. Marcus Parks and Henry Zabrowski and Ben Kissel on writing duties with John McRae as the artist. From the creators of the last podcast on the left, exorcism just got a whole lot easier. After attending a seminar hosted in a hotel conference room by a mysterious group called the Soul Plumbers, Edgar Wiggins disgraced former seminary school student discovers that he discovers what he thinks is the secret to delivering souls from the thrall of Satan. But after stealing the blueprints and building the machine himself out of whatever he can afford from his salary as a gas station attendant, Edgar misses the demon and instead pulls out, instead pulls out an interdimensional alien with dire consequences for all of mankind. Oh, interesting. That was one of my only issues with this book um, was was what happens at the end. Uh, it's another case of where or, or or what I didn't see at the end, I should say. Um, another case of where the solicit gives you more information. But what do you guys think? About? I didn't read it. Uh, oh, yes. Um, Neither did I. I, didn't, I oh. didn't know it was John McRae art until I read the solicitation to be honest with you oh jd don't feel bad oh. well, there you go. um <laughs> anyway so no, this, what do you think? this this was a big deal for two reasons this is the first of dc's dc's new horror imprint 
that isn't attached to like Joe Hill and stuff. It's DC horror presents. And the other reason why this was being sought after is because it's, it's a very popular podcast. Uh, the last house on the left. I'm not very familiar with it, but, um, yeah, oh, wait, so I this guess is... it's a true crime podcast. No, no, no. Okay. The writers of this run a very podcast. popular podcast. I got you. And people have been calling the shop asking for it. And mm. it was a very popular. So it's like, we should read this. It is a, it's fine. It's, it's mm. very, it's very overwrought. It's uh, yes. very plot heavy. Mm. The art is. Yeah. Aggressive caricature, which mm. works for most of the book. Little uh, but it's also, yeah, it's also, mm. it's also, it's it's well done but it's not pleasant at all to look at by design which yes. makes it hard to be like oh this is great i mean it right. it's yeah sometimes when people, people looking like shit yeah, yeah they execute that very well and i'm like well you did a great job i didn't enjoy this yeah <laughs> sorry or whatever like, you know? yeah you captured the reality so well that i don't want yeah. to be a part of this um right the first the first chunk of the book i i felt like a, sh- a slog to read about this mm-hmm. uh, former seminary student, mm-hmm. his uh, his pious righteousness was just very annoying to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when it got dark, introducing like the actual like seminar, I started to kind of dig it. Mm-hmm. Like when he thought it was the right thing to do to kidnap the homeless person, I'm like, right. this is going to get real gross. I, I think I'm in now. Like it just it took a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I would recommend it to many people. Like yeah. it's. It's very, it's a very specific kind of like gutter trash style of horror, like an eighties exploitation film, which is very specific hmm. to, you know, types of viewership. Many, if any of those. So I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not that jump in. like street trash, um, like, and, is anyone even listening? I see them there. They're there. Hey, JD. They just didn't read, they just didn't read the book. There he hey. is. Jump in like a, um, uh, what you want a tra- I know I, I said references to like trashy 80s horror movies like um, like Street Trash or or, um, you know, the stuff or I've never like, heard it's, of that, it's that style of aesthetic. Hmm. It's disgusting and stupid. Yeah, I don't know if I, I think I I have a limited um, a limited limited interest in that in movies. So I probably less in comic books. Uh, this does not look like something that interests me at all. Uh, it looks very much like some of the Garth Ennis stuff that mm-hmm. stopped speaking to me what? because it seemed like he was trying to out edge Lord himself every month in the boys. Um, this, well, I mean, and John McRae is a longtime collaborator with um, uh, Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, this yeah. doesn't look like something I care about particularly. You're not wrong. It's it's a little overridden. It's very edgelordy. There does come a point in the third act where it gets a little interesting. Like, interesting enough to give the second issue a shot. But oh. if it ends up being more of the same, then it's like, okay. Not my bag. I know that it is. Um, people are interested in it because of the writing team, because of the mm. last, yeah. last podcast on the left. And... Um, I'm sorry. I was distracted by reporting someone for hate speech. Oh yes. Oh um, uh, yeah. Mars Craig says, yeah. "I didn't like the art. The guy with no nose was a bit disturbing, but it was interesting." Hmm. So, I, you I'll said, tell you, uh, I, Noel, this seems like something you would you would pick up the second issue of. Um, I, I, no, I, I 
not really pick up the second issue so much as uh, it ends in an interesting enough way to give the second issue a chance if you're on the fence. Sure. I, and when I, I was actually, talking to Brian about it earlier, he had said it was a lot more interesting than he had originally given it credit for. Yeah. I So I had all of those same feelings. No, I was like, this is like too in my face. You know, it's like I, I am not in it. It does make me uncomfortable. They succeeded. You know, it's just like uncomfortable to read through or, to, you know, the, the art specifically. Um, I was surprised that the guy's philosophy, which in the beginning, as you say, is very, um, very religious in a in a particular religious way that I very much disagree with. And I was like, eh, is like so over the top, but I don't feel like reading his thing, even if the author doesn't agree with this. But then this guy comes in who is a follower of a different faith, a, uh, the, the, on, the online faith. Yeah. yeah the, it's essentially like he, he describes it. They don't give you any runway for this. Like he just starts describing the fuck mother yeah. and his religion and it sounds more and more like an OnlyFans page that just is uh, said to be a religion. Oh. Also, no. Yeah. See, I took it. I mean, that's an interesting read, but I took it as it like the fuck mother told me to do this, and she like I have to do this many things yeah. here, and I gave her donations for the fuck. Like it oh, just it's kind of how all my churches work too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, no, I. So that was one of the things that interested me about it was this guy believes in the the freedom of the, the, the truth of profanity and uh, explicit nature and that kind of thing. And the religious guy who, who washed out of seminary is like, look, I don't agree with the way that you do things, but who am I to question another person's faith and, you know, live as you will. And he takes him on at a very honest level of, this guy is is brash and uncouth, um, and yet he he perceives this other guy as uh, having some sort of uh, following some sort of truth, and and he respects that truth. I thought that that was a very interesting twist for this for this character. Right? Um, I liked the art style of the guy. So there's a, a like a televangelist kind of faith yeah, sort of guy. That that guy. And I like the way that they render his suit, which is full of crosses, which are also kind of look like holes into the background, you know, this light kind of thing. And um, I thought that, that was a very interesting artistic choice, like he is uh, the hollowness of this guy's performance. Uh, he has this he has this plans to this machine, which will pull out, as we see now, these demons. But he is faking it. But then the guy... They're like washed up, you know. The art reminds me of like a a darker adult Mad Magazine mm. is uh, what this art reminds me of. And so this this uh, snappy answers to stupid questions preacher uh, steals the plans for this machine, grabs it, you know, builds it himself out of parts that are not specified for the machine. But I guess it works because of his soul. And he he takes this other guy and he reaches in and he. And he pulls something out of this other person. And that, as I mentioned earlier, is like my one major issue in a book that I'm never going to read the second issue of probably anyway, 
is uh, you get a little bit of what happens when he reaches his hand through this device into this person who, and he believes that he is pulling out this person's malady. Um, you see the thing that he pulls out looks almost cute because of the eyes. And whereas I'm sure that they want me to be like, Ooh, I wonder what happens next issue. I don't wonder anywhere near enough to, to pick up the next issue but well, I, I would I, like to see what the, I think that next moment sets a lot of tone for the whole story. And I think that next moment is something I would like to get in the first. Issue. I kind of think you're bearing the lead. The page before this is what is what's more interesting when they turn the, he gets into work and he sees essentially different dimensions uh, yes. through it before yeah, yeah. finding something that looks nefarious enough to pull. Well, that's the like, thing is that like, this is a very interesting part of, you know, comparatively interesting part of this story. And the, the thing that happens right after that will really set the tone for this six issue miniseries. Yeah. And so, yeah, we see these kind of abstract things or a, a popcorn with, with a face. And I, I just think pacing wise, um, I would have liked to see what that next thing is. So I get a sense of what two through six are going to be. Well, I looked at the uh, the title of the book and then looked at the cover and I said, well, this is not what I expected because I was totally expecting, you know, soul plumber. I figured, oh, Dolomite made a porno. But no, that's not what it was. (laughs) So I didn't read it. But you would have read the other one, right? Like if it was a Dolomite porno comic, I would have been all over it. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe next week. <laughs> Dark Ages uh-huh. number two from Marvel Comics, written by Tom Taylor with art by Ivan Coelho. It has been years since the age of technology ended in a single moment, like a switch been flicked to off for an entire planet. Now Earth's heroes attempt to bring humanity together in the darkness. X-Men and Avengers, vigilantes and villains all work together to create something better. But something darker than the night is descending on the world. Our post-apocalyptic world is about to face apocalypse. Um, this was fun. I was surprised at the beginning of it. Uh, I was actually sitting here reading it with uh, Brian in the shop and uh, oh, look at that. Everything's going great. Everything's going swimmingly for the heroes. Uh, we had our apocalypse, like the post-apocalypse. Everyone, you know, it's the universe where a bunch of heroes have a bunch of super powers that don't involve electricity um, or mm-hmm. mechanic mechanics, I guess, right? For the EMP has been shut off. Um, Cause now it's not wait. EMPs don't shut off forever. Right. Well, so this one is, it, like continually it's constantly pulsing yeah, right yeah. it's still oh they never closed it it's still not right closed. right yeah okay yeah. um but e- either way uh the fact that our heroes all banded together and our villains banded together and they were able to make something better out of it i was like oh that's, that's kind of cool um knowing full well that things are going to hit the fan yet again and um wherein i didn't like the cliffhanger for the last issue I like the cliffhanger for this issue much, much better. Uh, there was some nice surprises in here. Uh, one surprise. Uh, we'll go with one surprise here. 
on the very first page. And I said, ah, that's surprising that uh, basically you've got Taskmaster and Hawkeye are squaring off, right? There's Hawkeye and there's the Taskmaster and they're both very good shots. And uh, they're going to they're gonna square off in a minute and then we're going to see the aftermath. Uh, the aftermath being that they both killed each other in the back while facing each other, uh, which I thought was neat. Uh, wasn't quite sure how that worked. But then yeah, there's a lot of really they, nice moments. Hmm? I think they did like one of those duels where you walk, face it away from each other, and then just behind the back and yeah. stab each other and kill each other in each other's backs. Uh, because and they, they turn know that around in surprise and fall towards each other. Yes. They didn't expect that the other one would get them in their own back. Yeah. yeah. Um, that aside, uh, I thought it was... Uh, very, very fun. Um, it's not my favorite Tom Taylor. Um, not what I come to expect from Tom Taylor. Usually I'm like, man, I can't wait for the next issue. Oh, I'm so excited. And this is like, oh, this is fun. I'm enjoying it. Um, another artist's interesting thing that happened was we've got this uh, Spider-Girl, um, Spider-Man's daughter, who has May. web shooters on the front. But then the web is coming out of her knuckles for some reason. Um, but yeah, anyway... Other than those strange little artistic decisions. There is a very large a thing on the top, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe yeah. the thing that we're looking at at the bottom is not the web shooter, but the web cartridge. Why in the world would you design uh, yeah. oh, a web shooter to come out the top of your wrist? Answer and me this. Is that motion in order to grab it as opposed to. Yeah. Why would I do that? Why would you do it specifically, Brian? I, oh, there would have to be a series of events so contrived <laughs> that it would, <laughs> it would blow your mind. <laughs> um, what did you guys think of this series, Noel? Oh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked the, the opening act. I, I, felt a, I felt a certain way about um, all of the like Omega level psychics putting thoughts into people's heads. But then mm. I was like, no, fuck it. They should have a long time ago. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I mean, forcing like anyone to do anything, right? They're just, the, the, yeah, they, well, no, I mean, at the beginning, the, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. They strongly imply that that's like hmm. professor X and, and others being yeah, like, kind of eh, pushing them a little bit. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Like pushing oh, them I towards, I did. Oh, I, no, I didn't yeah, me too. Yeah. But I, but I believe you. you yeah. know what I mean, like I didn't think of that, but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I spent like the way that they had everybody repeat kind of the same mantra mm -hmm. over and over again. Like mm -hmm. it was it was in a really effective scene, but then I was just like, yeah, it's still creepy. Um, mm -hmm. But then it, it fits with this kind of new world, right? Like we don't have time for this shit. Let's mm -hmm. get to the next part. So I I, I almost appreciated that. He did something like that with deceased also where there's a time jump so he can get to the story he wants to tell instead of, cause I think that was the problem with the first issue. It was a butt ton of setup because he had to kind of establish this new world with a lot of big machinations. And I think there seemed, there was still a little bit of ground to cover for this one. So the story itself doesn't in earnest start until the second half of this second issue. <laughs> Uh, whatever the actual conflict is, but I still enjoyed it. I like, I always enjoy these kind of 
long form what ifs and alternate craziness. Yeah, me too. And Tom Taylor just really is really good at it. So, you know, maybe I would have less patience with a different team, but both of these creators, because I like Ivan Coelho, regardless yeah. of him depicting people getting stabbed in the back or not. Listen, um, that was weird, right? I'm not crazy. I didn't notice it whatsoever until you mentioned. Yeah, you don't know. You don't. I mean, an artist notices it, but to be fair, I didn't yeah. notice it. I didn't um, either. Yeah. But but I, I definitely get, get what you yeah. you know. I see your point one hundred percent. And I also they did. Well, I, <laughs> um, and w- also while I didn't focus on the whole web shooter thing, there was something just about that image of May that while looking exciting, just just looked a little off to me. Um, so it, it, there was just something about it. It was like, eh, it looks a little weirdy. I don't know why. It, it, it looks like it was almost drawn by a different artist, that, that, mm. that one image. Oh. But, that, but that being said, I still like the book. I like the look of the book for the most part. This is Tom Taylor. You know, I, I think as good as Tom Taylor has been on all the things that he's done, there are times when Tom Taylor just likes to just sit and write a book and just to have dumb fun. And like that, that's what this is. This is just him having dumb fun. I've seen the story. We've all seen this story a thousand times. Um, some played out in longer stretches, like um, um, I'm thinking back when Jeff Johns did it with uh, Superman and w- when Gary Frank was drawing it and they, they met the Legion of Superheroes and he, re- you know, realized like, oh, my God, like, you know, this is not the Legion that I remember. And you find out that, you know, something had happened and now Sunboy some boy was a like really a battery and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was that, pretty cool. That was a really good arc. Well, it's kind of sim- yeah, yeah cool. but it was it was similar like to me like because like all of a sudden Sunboy was like you know blocking it was like creating like a red sun you know oh, what I mean right 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 yeah and and here you find out that Magneto is like the is the right, magnet right. you know what I'm saying um, Man, when Superman gets his powers back in that arc yeah it's, oh, it's dope funny. Yeah. Um, but then <laughs> also, but then also this reminds me of going back you know dipping back into the crates uh, uh, again. Back when Kurt Busiek and George Perez returned to um, the Avengers after, you know, where heroes were born. And they did, a, a, I think, like a, maybe a two issue arc when all of a sudden the, the, the Avengers were back in medieval times. And, you know, and yeah, the, it, so and, and, and I'm just pointing out those two examples. There are certainly thousands of other examples. So we've seen this type of thing before. The 1602 is kind of like a little bit like this, you know, Great Neil Gaiman time. Of work. So I like dumb stories like this. This is dumb fun. I I have to admit when I saw like you know all everybody was all getting it along together and I felt like uh Noel as far as the telepaths it's like mm, that sounds a little you know like little uh, a little icky them kind of pushing them but you know they're pushing them to good stuff so do you allow for it I don't know and you know and they pushing Dr. Doom too hmm what's Reed think about this ah no now we know um you know and there's another not you don't portray him as a, a telepath but now you understand what you see what the purple man is doing so I'm like ah it's interesting yeah so, that's wild Right. So it's, 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 it's dumb fun. And I found myself overall just kind of like in enjoying it. I do have to say, like when you say dumb fun, I like, I immediately thought of 
creating giant webs everywhere to, mm-hmm. as a security mm-hmm. system. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, fuck. Of course they would. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> and yeah. the head of security, when he's like, "Oh, Wolverine will catch it," and it's L- Laura Wolverine, right? Perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. I guess also um, we do get one issue that we all had. I think with the end of the last one was. So why are half of these people where, you know, like why is Reed Richards and Tony Stark decided to join this uh, team with apocalypse or whatever? Oh, we got a perfectly good answer in this issue. Um, It was well done. I agree with JD about it, that I think it's really interesting to have this post-apocalyptic story. And then it's not complete horribleness all the time after the apocalypse like they build this decent society um this reminds me a lot of the two or three pages that you see at the end of these kinds of stories a lot you know where there's some kind of like a what if issue very frequently or some kind of apocalypse Mm -hmm. where the last Mm -hmm. couple of pages is like and we rebuilt and the sun shone down on us again you know that kind of thing um so that's pretty cool and I like the the uh, reveal with Captain America and Tony Stark. It got me. You know, yeah, I, I definitely surprised. did not see it coming. Um, and yeah, so that was it. Was uh, it was an enjoyable? It was a fun comic, like Len said. And I am curious to see what happens next. And we've got a little um, the, people's powers are being used in interesting ways that they don't normally get used in a superhero comic, right? Usually when superhero comics take place, they are mostly to fight each other. And I always find it interesting to say, well, what else could be done if you, if you had these abilities like Magneto here is being used against his will to create a, an anti anti electricity bubble. Um, so anyway, it's interesting. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Good shit. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Hal says, Len didn't answer my question about the Black Tribbles. That's true. I noticed that too, Len. Oh, what was, oh, the, oh, he didn't, he just said he missed us. He said we, he missed us. He said, what are you up to? Oh, we chat. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 we, I mean, we chat, we, we talk like the, all of the triples are very busy. They're all like working on different podcasts. Um, I'm I still do the show mission. I'm about to launch a whole nother podcast in November. So stuff is like like popping off. But we have been talking about maybe getting together and um, doing something, perhaps if not around the Christmas time, but in, in New Year. So stay tuned. We'll let you know what's nice. happening. Nice. Do you guys ever talk about any ways to donate to this show? The cold pop podcast spoiler alert. When you're just because you, you they ever the conversation. <laughs> are you are you segueing? Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> no. We don't because we're unsure of exactly how to do. Oh, is so. that right? Yeah. Oh well, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to clear that up for you right now. You can go to Patreon.com/slash Johnny Destructo. You can help us out by donating there. I'm going to be starting a sticker tier where I'm going to be sending you a new sticker every month, and I'm going to design and and make, and you will get that. I'm going to be doing that soon. Yeah. And uh, if you don't have any money, listen. Most people don't. Don't give us any money. You can help us out by uh, sharing the show, discussing the show. Uh, liking and commenting and subscribing and hanging out with us. Really, the base level of what I want 
out of this, right? Everything that we do on a, on a weekly basis is to hang out with people who enjoy talking about comic books like Thor right there. And even um, Len. Well, <laughs> no, I said enjoy. Comic well, no, I mean, those people. And also it's nice when Len is here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's nice to have a nice balance of like three guys who love comics, and then Lynn's here to be like, yeah, fuck you guys. Um, so uh, <laughs> ducky ducky. Uh, so anyway, that's how you can help the show out. Just hang out with us. Really, we're just I, I'm here for your acceptance and uh, your love. What tier is the sticker tier? Kevin asks in the comments. It's the sticker uh, tier. I haven't made it yet. Uh, it's probably going to be like, I don't know, five or six dollars a month. And then I'll send you a free sticker every month. That's it. Well, it's not exactly free, but I didn't say free. Did I say free? You did. <laughs> I will send you a sticker that you paid five dollars for every month. <laughs> you piece of shit. Not you, Kevin. Kevin's not a piece of shit. Kevin's no. great. Brian is a piece of shit. Also, I just got an email from my uh, text from my wife. Um, I mean, I have to take off airplane. <laughs> she wants she wants the clone's phone number. Yeah, let's try and roll the dice yeah. again. Yeah, the clone. <laughs> I, I had them add an extra couple of inches on the clone. Um, she says I tried <laughs> to see Kai's yeah. reaction to to watching the live stream, but he got confused and sad. Hearing your voice and you not Aww. being here, Aww. so my my eight month old, my almost eight month old son, um, you may remember from previous uh, screaming sessions on the podcast. Um, she tried to have him watch the show, and he was just, well, I don't, I hate this, I don't get it. <laughs> so that's pretty cute. Um, just like most people watching the show. So I, was gonna uh, say, I feel like that. I feel like that tracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I must be this. in the same room with I you don't guys. Get it. <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah. I do. Um, especially now that I feel like the four of us could be in a room together. I don't know mm -hmm. how to make that happen physically and still have the show work on mm. YouTube. <laughs> well, with multiple, I, I would have to have like multiple cameras and all sorts of stuff. I'm sure well, I think you do know, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's why I do. Multiple cameras and get someone to uh, activate them. I don't have use cameras. Activate the cameras. I don't use cameras. I use, I use tablets. Ah. Oh. Interesting. Len, let's talk. Let's talk after the show. Yeah. Um, all right. The Me You Love in the Dark, number three, from Image Comics, written by Scotty Young, with art by Jorge Corona. Roe becomes even more intimate with whoever or whatever is haunting the old house as she finds the spark of inspiration for her most personal paintings yet. So this is issue three of a sort of spooky-ish kind of... It's not a horror book yet, right? Like, it's got some horrific imagery. I hope Maybe it doesn't become one at all. But some body it horror. <laughs> like, there's, there's, you know, the, the images are kind of gross. But overall, so far, it's a love story. Yeah. So basically, we've got Ro uh, in issues one and two, has moved into this new house. She's a, a, a pretty successful artist but has hit a roadblock and is not able to create. So she buys this house and she's going to try all sorts of methods to, to get her juices flowing artistically. And she finds out that the house is haunted by something. 
uh, she asks if he's a ghost and he's like, well, you know, uh, you could call me a ghost if you want. And then she develops this relationship. So when we read the first issue several weeks ago, I think most of us were like, kind of hope that the ghost is cool. Because it's rare that you see that, right? Every time you've got this big spooky house, the ghosts always are assholes. And this one's just kind of like, sup, how you doing? Doing some paintings, huh? You know, so he sort of befriends her. Um, Now, in issue two, I did think that her acceptance of this being existing and chatting with her very quick. Uh, she, she got into it real quick. And, uh, and I think between issues two and three, there was definitely a jump in time because it seems like the two of them have really grown acclimated. They've had a bunch of movie nights. They've watched time, time again, time and again, about, about, time. Time. about time, which is a great movie. Everyone yeah. should watch. Uh, they've watched about time many, many times. And so they've really, have grown and now they're actually getting intimate and they uh they're having sex um and now they only have sex at the end Hmm. like yes there's make they they make out a lot no i like they they she makes a very specific point at the end that like last reveal like he's like are you sure oh yeah yeah yeah, I just so assume like they did it a lot. That's after the that. F- that happens in another. It's not this it No. Yeah. In his fanfic, they did it nine times. Yes, nine yeah, exactly. So because that this 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 the, the the spread you just left. Oop, oop, Go back. I'm going back. There it is. This I had to look at like four or five times to kind yeah. of really understand what's going on. Like they start dancing and then they kiss. They share a kiss. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't see that kiss at all until JD down at the bottom it. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, what a great image! I, this is a great spread, by the way. It, it is. It's beautiful, but it's not. It wasn't clear. I, That's it, you know what I know. It's this is going to sound weird. That's what I like about this spread is that you have yeah. to sit there and take the time and look at each of the different divided up panels and kind of go with them on this journey. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like, I didn't hate it, but um, at this point in the story, I was just like, Oh, they're fucking cool. Um, but then at the end, you realize that they never did it till now. And they, she mentioned, so I don't think this is a chill ghost. Mm-hmm. This, okay, is, there's, this there's is problems. This will go horrifically bad. It, that to me already, is it already is it you already know? is kind of like yeah. red flag. The, the, the most interesting part about it was their friends. No, you know what I, mean? I, I I think and also too she she um this this scene here she posts or she you know foreshadows um families and having a family and then shortly mm-hmm. after they bone. I, I think he's like some sort of interdimensional Cthulhu style thing. And he's just going to impregnate her and it's mm. not going to end well for anybody. No. Brian and I were discussing this because I read it in the shop with him here, uh, just a couple of hours ago. And you might be right. Noel, 100%. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. This is a potential. We decided, or you know what? Let me speak for me in our conversation. I felt like, I would be more interested if he, this ghost, uh, this entity was actually still chill 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that creates that, that that makes us go, well, where's the conflict? And I'm wondering if the conflict might come from some other being in the in maybe some demon that he's keeping at bay or something we're introduced to later that he has to protect her from. Um, I, I just I it's probably that he's bad, right? It's probably right. that the entity is bad because look at him. Right. But also, yeah. wouldn't it be more interesting if this guy who looked like this? Yeah, wasn't bad. Uh, it would like, be more interesting, but it's it's not how he looks that makes me think that. It's what he says and how he says it. Hmm. Oh, do, do um, you have? I don't think I picked up on uh, it. What do you got? It's it's a lot of like weird things. Um, how he answers questions indirectly. How um, she's like, "Why do you want to watch this movie again?" He and he, he mentions something about like the characters confident or uh, it's like sure. something about the academic. There's, nature of it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the academic nature of it, like learning how to woo. It's just, it it all rings um, not gaslighty because it's not that uh, malign or um, it's not that mean-spirited. It's just like he's, he wants to uh, interrupt her work constantly and like it's 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 just reading real red flag to me. I don't know why. And I, okay. I don't like he's in the, in the first two issues, his presence was um, a mystery or, and, or a, uh, a light kind of presence. And then in this one, it just, he feels like a detached boyfriend that I don't, it's very, it's very mm-hmm. awkward, but I, I I'm getting, feel a real way about it and, oh. and not in a, we just don't understand him. It's more like he's not telling anything. He's, See, not, I took he's those, not telling you anything. I took those things as like, he believed that he was answering in a straightforward way about why he likes about time, but because he is a potentially cross time, trans dimensional entity, we don't see, see things the same way. As he does. That's what that's I, the way I took it. Especially yeah, when he asks questions like, eh? you know, she's needing dough for cookies and she's upset. She's crying. And he goes, Why are you upset? Does making cookies make everyone upset? Like I don't uh, yeah, yeah. there's a disconnect there, and I wonder if maybe that's part of I, it. I see like I see this as going two different ways. One, he is just uh, you know, uh, a sheep in wolf's clothing and she's gonna break his heart. Maybe he'll react adversely to that maybe he mm. won't but like the preview for the next issue of like that guy showing up it's probably oh, gonna be some it. sort of impetus I don't um, know. Yeah, he doesn't look super happy about the other guy being there it's true I, and or she is just the host that he is enjoying like yeah. I, I don't it, like this scene too of like I can bring anything to you from anywhere it just seeds the idea of you're never leaving Mm. Right. Ever. It's true. Yeah. Why or would you may, leave? Uh, I can bring you anything. Yeah. And she'll it's, need it's to go this... back, you know, to do her whole reason for being there is to do art to go do a show. So I, she will want to leave at some point. I that also is hilarious. Mars comics. Maybe he wants to be his wife. Maybe he has a wife. I, says Mars I also comics. thought that this would be wonderful if it really was just a straightforward romance. I do not yeah. think that that's what's going to happen. It's. They're seeding too many like potential conflicts for tragedy. And, and now I'm starting to think like, hey, we started watching a, a quirky romantic comedy. Now it's it's actually it, it's the it's the first two acts of a thriller. Well, you know what? I, I mean, I didn't read this issue, um, but from 
um, like just looking through it and listening to you guys talk about it, the the vibe that I'm getting off of it is like, yeah, I think that Noel probably is right that this eventually, as quirky as it is, will go someplace th- that these stories typically go. Um, where there is something a little off about this dude, but it, it certainly could also be read. And I think to JD's point, much more interestingly, if he is actually a benevolent spirit who is what you're reading as red flags, Noel is a guy who is dealing with a little bit of apprehension and fear in the realization that he can't be any more as far as materially than what he is. And now he is faced with the, the prospect of this person who he is developing some feelings for um, leaving, leaving him mm. or also being, you know, perhaps, um, you know, more interested in, you know, a, a someone else who's going to be coming into his area in a form that she's more comfortable mm. engaging with, you know? Um, so there's a, probably a hint of jealousy on his part in there. And, and, and in there is the conflict that you find in many romantic tales. It would be different in this because of the supernatural nature of the story um, and of the characters, but it would still be the typical uh, romantic conflict. Um, So it's kind of cool. Regardless of whichever of us like has the beat on the story, it's fascinating to read. Yes, it is. I love the conversation we're having. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest, the, the main reason why I didn't read this, because after reading the first ones, you know me, I like this comic, and I'm just waiting for the trade. I, I think we're going to end up talking about all the issues. Yeah, that was, I think that would be yeah. fun to do. To put a bow on it, though, I think the reason I have the the outlook I have on this story is because taking a step back and thinking about the elevator pitch, the meeting that happened about this comic book, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. is... All right. What if we have a ghost that is hideous and has a bunch of red flags and he's a fucking spooky ass motherfucker and then he tricks her anyway and then surprise he was bad. Doesn't sound like a very yeah. interesting pitch. You know what I mean like all right so he looks evil and Doesn't sound yeah. original, right? Right. He's yeah. definitely well, evil. Yeah, it would be so, very disappointing. If that's you, could say that's, you could say the same thing about the other way around, though. The idea of we're going to ingratiate you to this, to this, to this being, and make you forget that he's horrific, and then show you that no matter what, it was a toxic. But like, it, I mean, I think yeah. it can go both ways. I, I I'm just no, but, but see how no, but what, uh, I. Th- I think that's a little bit different to me, at least from what I'm hearing, because I think what JD is saying is it's a more interesting pitch in that if you do have this, you know, you know, what might be considered typically a horrific, you know, being um, and all of this supernaturalness, but it is in fact actually a, a romantic tale. It is a, it is a romantic book because usually when you do have a supernatural romantic it is still between two humanoid individuals guys i would love it i would i would love if it was but i i i truly doubt it Uh, what if she's the asshole what if it turns out she's the piece of shit 
Yeah. yeah. I, I still think it's going to end up being him maybe yeah. lashing out and stuff. Yeah, what if or, the me you love in the dark is the is the entity mm. and that's really the person that we should be feeling for. Yeah. Right. She's yeah, a I mean, dick. Could, she could very easily become the antagonist. I get that. And I just don't think that this is a You just don't think that's it. it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Yeah. Even yeah, the way that it's yeah. I do love the uh, we're having the conversation about it, though. I think it means it's a it's an uh, interesting book. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That Len likes. And Uh, uh, to be fair to also to be fair, I don't think this would read as well in trade. I think Uh, having these like breaths in between the issues, wondering what's going to happen is actually what matters. Whereas if we did this during book for book club or something, it's going people are going to marathon through it. It's not that much dialogue. Yeah, Yeah, I saw it coming a mile away. I actually yeah, wonder whereas, about the transition between issues two and three, especially in a trade. I happened to read them. I, I wasn't caught up, so I read two and three right in a row. And I felt like there was a big and unsubstantiated jump between, like J.D. mentioned earlier, it just felt odd. Like we left it here in two and in three it picks up like this. And it was jarring to me. Um, not that you can't jump ahead in time. I just felt like it was delivered in an unusual way it personally didn't feel jarring to me because i like like i I read these when they came out i did not read both um very often it's just like a comic book medium thing very often the the time spent between two issues is like kind of real Mm -hmm. time a couple of weeks Hmm. so i guess that's what didn't feel that way to me like it, it often does. You're right. It does feel like a little while. It, yeah. Sometimes some they cases. don't, they, sometimes they don't do that. Like it's, it's, or actually it's more modern comics that do the, um, deconstructed time frame where like mm. 17 issues is an afternoon mm. where the cliffhanger is immediately resolved. It's like classically too. It's been kind of like a, the cliffhanger isn't immediately resolved right away or it's not resolved at all in the next issue. It's just mentioned. And mm. then they are on to the next conflict. Like it didn't read that. It didn't read that bad in issues if, is, is what I'm trying to say. And then like the, the time jumps in this, like they're celebrating Halloween and then all of a sudden they're celebrating uh, Christmas time. True. So, that was uh, yeah, a is... very fun part of the issue when they celebrate Halloween and the kids don't go up to the house and she's like, why don't they go to our house? Like, well, children avoid haunted houses. He's like, yeah, but our house isn't. He's like, been haunted says the yeah. ghost. Yeah, 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 that was cool. I thought that was cute too. She's like, yeah. she's been, she's so into him that she forgets that he's even a haunt. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Uh, do we want to yeah. talk about the Wonder Woman book? Yeah, I mean, real quick, we can. I mean, is, is that's the last book, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. Wonder Woman 80th anniversary, 100 page spectacular number one from DC Comics, written by everyone, art by everyone else. Put on your tiaras and prepare your indestructible bracelets. DC is inviting you to join us for a one-of-a-kind... Sp- well, Wonder one Woman was kind- not the star of the other ones. Oh, I see. A <laughs> yeah. one-of-a-kind special showcasing Wonder Woman's past, present, and future to celebrate the legacy she has created and those she will continue to inspire with her adventures for years to come. This oversized, super spectacular features work from some of the very best in the comics industry, along with bright young stars ready to share the spotlight with Diana. You won't want to miss these new stories that capture timeless messages of hope and empowerment presented together in this gorgeous keepsake issue. I read 
one of the issue, one of the stories, and it was the Tom King Doc Shaner one, and, mm. and that's all I had time for. That so, was my favorite. Uh, yeah, I flipped to the one I was the most interested in, read that, and then came and did the show. Um, Noel, tell us uh, why that was your favorite. Oh, um, I. I appreciate actually two the two that I liked the most. I appreciated the fact that they were um, constructed to be very very much of the time in which they were homaging. So the Mark Wade and uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. I, I always just want to say uh, Garcia Lopez because I always mess up the first half. It's just yeah, that was very much of early seventies. Uh, or early like late 70s early 80s like the mm. the style in which it was written laid out and then the arts and it is was this the which story was is cl- this? No, that he's That's giving it. she's giving advice yeah dear yeah. diana yeah okay yeah it's it even is clunky and kind of in the way that yeah. 80s comics were clunky and i appreciated that uh this first bit was i i was it's the most boring i've ever read of <laughs> jim chung's art what um, is up with the colors on Jim Chung's art? I don't know. Look at this. Either way. So, so the Mark Wade, <laughs> the Mark Wade, um, Garcia Lopez one was great because it was it it almost read like the back of like like each page was the back of a cereal box that you read as you went when you bought mm-hmm. Wonder Woman cereal. So it was like it was of a time and it was perfect. And then the Tom King one was of depowered swinging 60s diana who worked in fashion and became a super spy eventually Mm -hmm. and it was written as though that is current and it was just so fucking delightful but then the art is like some of the coolest shit i saw all week doc shaner just killed the 10 pages i stared at the dance club scene Mm -hmm. for like 20 minutes straight just using the negative space for her dress was so beautiful. And I was like, this, I, I could just frame this page and it doesn't need context. I love every second of like, so like those, these two, this is, that's the, that one. These two stories just anchor each other and the rest of the book is just wildly forgettable. And I kind of zoned out for most of it. Like, mm-hmm. But this was, I loved every line of this yeah yeah i i I too like both those stories um i think i probably and and as much as i liked the story dated um is the the tom king and doc shader story and i and i enjoyed it i i like the the cute nature of it because even though you know it it reads that it's in the 60s they actually say it's i think she references that it's actually like, like they, she gives a date i think she says like 69. 1969 and, yeah. and whatever which is you know when she was going through this uh in real time in, in her comics i think it's cool that it's lois who kind of like hooks them up you know like yeah i think y'all should like go out on a date you know and it was kind of cool for them to realize that you know they did know who each other were and, and why they do get along, but why they shouldn't like, they still, it was still a romantic day, but it was still very much yeah. platonic. Um, You're a cop. 
Yeah, you're a cop, and and I love and, and I loved it, and it, it was so real. You know what I mean? It was so dope. Um, I liked the story before Mark Wade, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez's uh, Dear Diana. I liked that as well because I I could stare at Garcia Lopez's art all day, and Mark Wade I think has a nice ear for the Justice League, especially that iteration of the yeah. Justice League of the seventies, seventies um, and eighties. So that was kind of that was kind of cool. I don't know if I necessarily like the ending of it, but I like the idea of it. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, th- you're right. The rest of the book is kind of forgettable. And that's a shame, especially when it's set up, at least on the cover that we have or the, on the on this, the digital copy, which is uh, Yana Paquette's, who I who, who I do love his Wonder Woman. I'm still I still you know, my Wonder Woman is still uh, Adam Hughes, but Yannick Paquette is is quickly rising up and um, becoming my Wonder Woman. Not um, George Perez, Wonder Woman. What? You know, the only only because I do like the slightly more, you know, um, not chiseled, but mm. more um, substantial build mm. that I feel that. Um, Hughes and Paquette give her and they and I think they give her a little bit more ethnicity than mm. than yeah. Perez. Perez definitely is still drawing a white woman and they give her a little a little bit more of her the, the Grecian um to to her look. Um so that's why I, I they draw I, her I like taller her. too. And and yes, and I love that yes, love her love her yeah. taller. And I like and I like there's even a comment comment on there and and I think it's actually in the Garcia Lopez story about her height. Um so the rest of it is is forgettable. Um, you know, there's some kind of like funnish kind of bits, like the some whole cutesy stuff, yeah. Yeah, some cutesy stuff like that stuff he's That's she's great, writing right there. Double page spread. It's yeah, right? Yeah, and, and it's no, cool. No. It's it's no, not who is this? No, it, this is um, the Rocket Girl artist, uh, Amy Reader. Yeah, Amy oh, Reader. That's right. It's 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 cool, but it, it but the story itself is like you know it's like eh, it's whatever. I I could I could do without it. Um, but it I am I'm I'm hurt that this is forgettable because. Wonder Woman is a character that deserves it, and she deserves this. It's 80 years of Wonder Woman, so she deserves it, right? The the reason why I think it's it's forgettable, unfortunately, is twofold. One is because I don't think the story is all that great. I think the one, to be be honest, I think the one with um, Cheetah is not bad, but I just, I think the art lets it down, and yes, that's a cool picture by your your boy. Um, um, J.D. Warren Johnson. Um, but I think the but I think what ultimately lets this down is that this celebration comes after nine thousand other eighty eighty year big celebrations, <laughs> you know, of of to me, I'm sorry, uh, less substantial characters. Mm, Batman, sure. I give you. Superman, I'll give you. Um, I'll even maybe give you Aquaman if he, you know, falls on the tree that it, his oh, yeah, right. before, one too, right? before, before Wonder Woman. So if, if well, Wonder Woman is, did have one too. Remember, this is actually Wonder Woman's second. Well, um, okay. Well, and then, then was, look, I, I, oh, I, she I'm, had a, she had a seven fifty. 
Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it was. It wasn't an eighty. It wasn't our eighty. Well, no, I know, but it was when because uh, the first two were action comics and, and uh, sensational detective. Uh, yeah, and then it, there was Flash and Green Lantern and Wonder Woman, but I think Wonder Woman was the first of them, and that might be part of the forgettableness of it too. Is that they've just recently done. You know what? Why would that matter? But they're comics professionals. They can't come up with cool stories once in several years. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it, look, I'm sorry. I, I look, y'all should be used to me by now. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm tired. I'm, look, Green Arrow had a fucking anniversary. He didn't deserve yeah, a yeah. fucking anniversary. Catwoman and Joker did not deserve fucking anniversaries. And I like both those characters. They did not deserve fucking mm. anniversary books. You know who does right? though. Who is Lois it? Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Lane. <laughs> and, and Lois Lane only deserves it if you're going to give one to Catwoman and Joker. I'm, right. I'm not saying that she, she, you know, necessarily has to have it. But I mean, if you're going to give Catwoman one, then Lois Lane deserves one. Yeah. And, and so I'm. Uh, yeah, this I'm, logo I, is I cool. Do. The JD's got on the well, screen right now. Yeah, 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 the logos throughout the book. I mean, it's yeah. cool stuff. I am, I am. Um, uh, whether it's just my readership habits or not, there, I can't think. And maybe it's just me as a reader. I, I don't like. I enjoy. It whoa, whoa! Of what, do, what was I, that? What was that? What? Don't do that again, JD. I know you no, did do that. Do don't what? do that. Do oh, what? oh, it's the cursor. What? Oh, you uh, put the cursor yeah. right where her eye was. So it looked like her eye opened up, and I was like, "Oh, don't do that, man! Don't do that, dog! Don't do that! Oh, oh, man! Don't do that, man! You are tripping me out, man! You are tripping me out!" She watches you wherever you go. That tripped me the fuck out, dog! I was like, "Oh no!" Here, Lynn is bad mathing the content of the book, and Wonder Woman herself opens her eyes. Yeah, it's like a painting of it's so like creepy. a painting of Jesus Christ. It just follows everywhere. It is. Oh, man. oh man, you are yo. I can't look at the screen no more, man. Fuck y'all. That's so um, spooky. <laughs> anyway. So I actually read the two. That, uh, oh yeah. Oh sorry. No, were you? Uh, well, I was just going to say, like, I don't I don't follow characters like, say, J.D. does or mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man's on. I'm going to read it. Um, so I don't necessarily enjoy the deluge of anniversary 90 page giants mm-hmm. because law of averages, you get two or three out of 10 good, accessible stories. Right. And I just it's like. I no, it's, I, I it, like I, I'm I'm very fatigued by it. Now, with that being said, if I was uh, the biggest Wonder Woman stand or the biggest Green Lantern stand or whatever, then oh my god, these are the best thing in the world. But they're mm-hmm. just they're just not that strong for me. So I kind of like have given up on. It's sad, but I've kind of given up on enjoy and, and knowing that I'll enjoy these. Like it's just more like a all right, I'll. Yeah. Read through a couple of them. See what I think happens. I actually yeah. have a different the opposite opinion. Whereas I, I kind of like the oh, here's a here's a hundred page celebration of this particular character from a bunch of different eras and perspectives and that kind of thing. And it will even get me to pick up like I don't really buy Aquaman or Green Arrow comics, but I picked up the anniversary special, you know, just to a kind of a summation of 80 years kind of thing. In fact, not that it's of time, but the multiversal Diana depictions that JD has on the screen right now, I think is very cool. 
And I'm very surprised that we have not seen this in any of the other uh, yeah. 80s or other special books. It's got, you know, all of these various Elseworlds, multiversal Wonder Woman. And I think that's a really cool idea. Um, that tarot card one you showed earlier was pretty good. It's, uh, a, it, yeah. it's, a, very, it's a very specific problem to me, but hmm. I read a lot every week. Hmm. And these are like a these these anniversary issues have become a barrier as opposed to an entry mm. point. Yeah, yeah. Like I, they they're starting to feel like chores, and mm. I I'm just not. Oh, well, we do them. also read them for the podcast. That might have something. To do. Yeah. <laughs> something no, I no. Honestly, if uh, this would be one of the very last things that I read, just in yeah. my stack, just oh, sure. as my normal day to day, and I I right, do. Right pre-read a bunch of stuff that okay. I may not be interested just to kind of see if we want to talk about it on the show. Mm-hmm. And these anniversary issues are like, bleh. uh, same with the, the giant one shots, like the summertime John. Uh, I like those mm-hmm. that happened today. The, the, uh, I like those. Yeah. Uh, are you afraid of dark seed side? Oops. Sorry. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> but As somebody I, whose I mean, last I'm, name is a reversal of the E and the I. Hi boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm, I think I'm done with DC anniversary issues. Yeah, I mean, well, how many other characters do you <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> no, they'll find a reason. They'll find a reason in a way. Like, I mean, we celebrated. Where's the celebrated metamorpho detective, anniversary special? Detective Comics 1000 and 1027. Yeah, because they were true. different anniversaries. That is true. Yeah. Uh, so they'll I read the something. two. That you guys talked about, so I uh, I hadn't read it, and we've kind of a late addition to the to the podcast. To peek behind the sausage, as JD uh, so fabulously coined, and it's a curtain um, of sausage, yes, Sir, oh, a sausage, sausage curtain. curtain, of course. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I so I didn't get a chance to read all the other stuff, but I read the Dear Diana, which I thought was a great take on Diana being the like. Who is she in the league? What is her role in the superhero community and as a person? And people come to her for advice. And that is a very cool thing for Wonder Woman to be and not an idea that I've heard that often. I think Wonder Woman often struggles to be not the female Superman um, in in a lot of writers' minds when she's in the league. You know, Mm -hmm. like, what is she? Some people say, you know, she's a warrior and that's her whole deal is that she has a sword, but she's also all about peace and you know, so sometimes writers have find it hard to give her her footing, and I think this this hits it spot on. And even she is like getting annoyed, and I like that she wraps the lasso of truth around herself and says, "Why am I getting annoyed?" And it's an interesting answer um, that uh, she realizes that she likes this role um, as well. And also, the art is like from some branded merchandise from the nineteen eighties, <laughs> and I love it. You know, it is awesome. I see him coming out of my cups and my binders and my my tent that I slept in the backyard in. And yeah, that tent was awesome. It had a lot of all the DC characters. Um, so I really enjoyed that too. And this is, to me, this is like the league, right? You've got classic Barry and Hal and Superman and, and Wonder Woman. So I always love to revisit that. Um, and then the, the Tom King one, it was cool. The art is amazing. Um, definitely. I think the Superman is a cop thing is not how I see Superman and is kind of tired and drab and eh, I wasn't feeling it. Um, the last page left me a little mystified. I just, I thought it was a sort of inscrutable ending to the, to the story. 
Um, uh, yeah, I was confused by the last yeah. page of that storyline. Yeah, like w- uh, what happened exactly? I think it's I think it's just placing it places her in the continuity of that. I series. guess so. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, that she, makes sense. That she makes travels sense. the she travels the country and right. I didn't realize that was an element. Eventually. Although, of course, it would be right. This the mod TV show sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They always traveled around and got into yeah. Different they adventures. they they placed the end of this into like the continuity mm-hmm. of that okay. series. Um, I, this is another one where it's like, wait, so Diana, why wouldn't it work? You wouldn't work because you're a separate publishing lines and you don't want to date. Um, that's, I, I guess, or you, maybe you're just not into Superman. Uh, that's fine. I've always liked Clark and Diana as a couple. It's an interesting, an interesting yeah. choice. I never did. I don't yeah. like, I don't like, no, no. Mm. I don't know. Keep it on Lois. Uh, I just, yeah. I just finished the new 52 justice league oh, and yeah, yeah. i like reading it as a whole i like i like what they did with them as a couple and i also like that they broke up hmm. yeah oh i like think they, it, it was a it was a really really good story to tell and cap off because they're not supposed to be together especially like that thing. version of diana yeah yeah so i enjoyed them as a couple but i also enjoyed that they're not a couple and i i also because this is where it happens is alternate reality stuff, you know, kingdom come or, um, uh, dark Knight returns, uh, where they or strikes again, I guess, um, where they are a couple. And it's an interesting thing that isn't, yeah, we don't talk about, we don't, we don't talk about dark Knight strikes. I like strikes again. I know I'm in the vast minority there, but I liked it. Can somebody turn off his mic? Thank you. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. I, honestly, I don't remember. Like I've wanted to reread it because I don't remember. Yeah, there's some interesting parts. Oh, it goes. No, let's let's put a pin in this. <clears throat> let's put a pin in this just topic in general. Hmm. Because JD and I have to go get the book. I know he's gonna go get the book, but I, it's not it's not explicitly about Dark Knight Strikes Again. Um, JD and I had a conversation recently, especially about all this uh, Spider-Man stuff, about how um we at least try to be considerate readers and will maybe go back and read something that we had an explicit reaction to beforehand, because like the context of who you are and what else you're reading and how it came out. Now it could just like derail how you enjoyed a story, but like oh, maybe sure. revisiting it like 10 years later mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. is a different experience, but there are a lot of people who would never even fucking do that. Like, it's just like, well, it's fucking trash. It's, I'm like, I mean, is it though? Why do you think it's trash? I mean, that's stupid. Dark Knight, Dark Knight Strikes Again is trash. <laughs> I, it, it's just a, a like a maybe eventual topic of not about Dark Knight Strikes Again. I don't necessarily want to read it, but about <laughs> what are you showing us? <laughs> I don't know. She's got no eyebrows. Oh yes, that is on. Uh, Man, that's um, Dark Knight Strikes Again. Yeah, that's the you like. see the other superheroes in the future. There were elements of it that I liked, but I also I feel a little differently about Dark Knight Returns than most people, which I liked, but maybe not as much. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You Wait, like, are you showing me, show me panels from Bob's Burgers? What's <laughs> happening right now? Uh, oh, no, no, this is, no this not is, even. This movies. is Frank Miller, Dark Knight Strikes Again, the book that Brian Lieb likes. I thought it was cool. Uh, and I'm not as big a Frank Miller fan yeah, as a lot of people. The other side of his mouth in there. Um, What's happening right now? Now, uh, all that being said, the the mod story in Wonder Woman, this was definitely what Tom King was going for. 
all of the slang mm-hmm. was a lot of slang. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of it. And some of it seemed a little, he's going to kick him all over. We're going to freak out on the city, I think JD mentioned. Hey, hold on. Where is he? We're still yeah. having fun with showing uh, like yeah. shitty panels from. Yeah, uh, shitty panels from, from Brian's favorite comic book. Dark the whole Knight. time, as I have uh, said before, Brian, and we'll Dark say again. Strikes again, Lee. Yeah, has a specific now, opinion see, about them. There are a couple of things that stand out to me, and none of them are these panels about <laughs> that. But uh, like Hal Jordan in Dark Knight Strikes Again, I just is a couple of panels that have always returned to me, where he's like incredible. Yeah, the, yeah, it, yeah, it does. It does return. It does. It does in a positive way. The book That's does weird. come Why back. Why is he wearing Element Lad's costume? Why did he have on Cosmic Boy's costume earlier? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't like what he did with Dick Grayson, actually, or make it that that part I didn't care for. Um, which is a this is how I felt reading this book. <laughs> All right, fine, you got me. Take the, that absolute and put it in my box. No, the, the, <laughs> the thing that you know, one of the things that it made me like it is I'm man, I got it in absolute. <laughs> Why did you do that? You must have already known how you felt about it. No, because because I didn't. Know, I honestly didn't know that it came together. I uh, thought it was the I first one, and I was uh, like, like, "What the fuck?" Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want to take you on a trip. I want to take you on a journey. Give me just a second. All right. Here we go. I'm gonna make sure it gets nice and big. Uh, there's a sequence here where oh, Wonder boy. Woman and Superman. You know how I said I like Wonder Woman and Superman together? Mm-hmm. I take it back. So here's Wonder Woman and Superman. Page one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know where you're going. Uh, oh, no. Oh, I didn't I, do that. I, I, I messed it up. There's another one. Oh, they're, they're kissing. And there's snow. Snow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then they're, they're kissing. Yeah. Full page mm-hmm. spread. Kissing. Mm-hmm. Full page spread. You don't know what's happening under that cape. <laughs> yes, we do. What's happening? I don't know what's happening on top of the cape. How right. is this happening? What is what is happening in this? Anyway, and his then, head then is next to her head. Full Wait, page, full where did spread. hold on? Where did his head go? Like, uh, so that's her shoulder yeah. over his back, and yeah, right. Where, I don't know, his okay. neck has <laughs> to get it, like has to elongate to show up behind her head. That's what I'm right. saying. Yeah, and it's, a, it's a full page spread. A heretofore unknown power. Spread. That's These a cool are all full page, page spread. spreads of them having sex and not like murdering people by causing tsunamis and volcanic eruptions. Oh my god! They're Wait, still, no, they're, <laughs> the they're still at it. Did you see the dude? Yeah, that's yeah. when you got to look at the dude. The dude, the little muppet dude. The entire you know they're evacuating like? the entire yeah. Big Island. Of, that's very irresponsible, Clark. That looks like. Uh, Bendis' caricature of himself. <laughs> uh, have you guys ever read uh, yes. Total What is it? Sellout? Total Sellout? Hollywood Sellout? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. All right, now, Tell all that being said, if I yeah. may, since we spent a little while talking about all the bad things, um, I thought their daughter was cool, but also there's one scene that always strikes, uh, that I always remember, where Hal Strikes shows again. up. He's super powerful. He's like progressed well beyond a normal Green Lantern. And he's like, hey, you know, Bruce, we were always criminals. Like, we just did what we wanted. And uh, they talk about how in the rest of the galaxy, 
the earth is a jewel not to be touched because only a foolish, like only a dangerous planet would point its guns at itself. And I was like, that's cool. Like he's got these guns in orbit. Right. And, and Hal is like, you know, it would be a kick to stick around for a while, but I got to get back home. And something about that, maybe like you said, no, at that point in my life really struck me as like, he has moved into a different phase of his life and now he's, Mm -hmm. you know, the earth is important to him. So though that is one thing that has always stuck with me about the Dark Knight Strikes again. And maybe I don't want to read it again. You know, maybe I'll just yeah. stick hold with on, that. You know? Hold on to that one scene in your soul. And oh, it's not the only one, about but it's one of the only ones. Also, they explain why Superman was so mistreated in Dark Knight Returns. Uh, That's weird. I don't have I don't have many memories of this book. I no, I guess I don't remember any of that stuff. Actually, the different apparently because you like it. Uh, yeah. I do. I do have the still unfinished reading uh, Dark Knight Three: The Master Race because uh, I, I didn't was, even. I didn't even start that. I was, that one's better. I, that one's better. That is yeah, better. I was, I was kind of real covers. tired of Frank Miller by that point. So uh, it's well, not it's, it's great, Azarello, right? Yeah. yeah, it's not great. Well, it's Azarello, you know, with Miller. It's not great, but it's it's better. Yeah. Then instead of it's better than Strikes Again, it's ten thousand times better than Strikes Again. I will eventually read this. Why? <laughs> I like how they, they do the the spines of it, though. Well, uh, yeah. Cool. So like they these were all single issues. I, I remember pulling it uh, with JD. Like, um, you can get well the single issues, issues. And, I think, and I got well, no, the one shot too, right? No, it just has the eight issue. Wait, is the one shot in here? Either way, each issue was a hardcover version, and right. they, the last one came with the slipcase. Mm. So now, what like I do like about this, movie. the one thing I really do like about Dark Knight Strikes Again is the cover treatment by um. Chid. Oh, is that Chip Kids to those? That yeah. that version, yeah. That, oh, like, he's so yeah. that printing. I yeah. met him once at a New York Comic Con. Same. Oh, he's a great yeah, dude. He's a really mm-hmm. he's a great graphic designer. He's a, he's a a writer, a novelist. Have you ever read The Cheese Monkeys, a novel in two semesters? Yes. Oh. Fantastic book. Uh, really cool. Very cool. Interesting graphic design on it and a really well-written novel. And better than Dark Knight Strikes Again. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> but um, you know what? I'd be curious to see, like I, in another, in, in the multiverse, I would like a version of this that wasn't meth-fueled. You mean the real multiverse where all things that can be do exist? Yeah. Well, it exists. I would it, it, travel to a different multiversal Earth yeah. and see when Frank, like, if Frank actually tried. That would be awesome. Because there's some so neat ideas. Different shows and movies. This, and whatever. I'm upset now. This set doesn't include the one shot. What the the Dark Knight Joker one shot. Hmm. No, why would? It? Uh, I mean, I would just as a completist, I would think it would. Yeah. No. It doesn't. And also, too, the Golden Child one shot, too. Just yeah, say, includes. Hmm. The yeah. Last Crusade is its own hardcover. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's not included Child. in this. Neither hmm. of them are included yeah. in this. Interesting. That's a bummer. Uh, I mean, it, those came out like three or four years after this series was done. So. Oh, maybe that was already out. Not super like shocking. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin said, I'm with Brian. Oh, I love Dark Knight Strikes Again when I was 14. Yeah, so you know what? You know what we like when we were 14? Image Comics, Youngblood. No, no, I didn't. Reread it now. <laughs> well, no. no, I never I never cared much. So many pouches. 
I'll tell you so what I did like. Fun. I'll tell you what I did like. Uh, what was that magazine? Uh, Matt, it was Wizard Stacked. Sexier. Maxim. Oh, Maxim. Maxim. I used well, to read Maxim magazine. The very beginning of Maxim magazine was you not what it bro. has become now. In the very beginning Still of Still around? It, no. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. But it's not what it later became. The very beginning, like the first two years or so, were a much more interesting magazine yeah. than it than it evolved into. Yeah. Yeah, so was Hustler. Um, How says I couldn't get past the second issue of Strikes Again. Uh, How said I couldn't get past the second issue of Strikes Again. I felt sorry for Miller. I was I felt sorry for myself. Uh, That was literally when that came out. I was so excited um, when the first issue dropped. I was I man, I was counting down to it. I couldn't wait. I read it there in the comic shop. I didn't leave. Mm. I bought it. I found a little nook and I read Mm. it. And I couldn't remember a time that I was so disappointed by something in pop culture. Hmm. I was just. Oh, that's a really good topic. I have yeah. to think about that. I bet you can. Have, Let's I talk about that so next good. week. Because <laughs> I got to go do my FOCs. I got to finish uh, my orders before midnight. So. Fuck. Um, uh, fucking order I, cutoffs, I think is what yeah. it is, right? Yeah. Fil- films of color. <laughs> JD's got to do them. <laughs> yeah. If, listen, if White Savior Jadles doesn't do it, who will? That's a good point. Right? Yeah. Who's going to help the POC out there with movies if it's not me? Um, All those thank, you so, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, Mars says, great show, guys. Thanks. Thank you, Mars Comics, for hanging out and everybody else who comes and chats with us. Kevin agrees. Kevin agrees. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Yeah. What a sign off. Um, all right, guys, we love you. We will talk at you next week, next Monday night at 9 p.m. Come hang out with us, grab a beer uh, or your drink of choice, some snacks, and we'll chat about comics. Love you, and we will talk at you later. See ya. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.